0: Alex Magleby here, CEO and co founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride. Huzzah, Rangers!
1: This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show, broadcasting from the Granite Outpost here in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. Can you see it, Rangers? It's right around the bend here in this dark tunnel that we continue to trot through. It's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is lit by a lantern. The lantern of hope, the lantern of liberty, the lantern of the New England Free Jacks. We are ever so close, Rangers, to the preseason for MLR 2022. Three and our free Jack. It's been a long time coming, but we're almost at the end of the tunnel. On this episode, episode fifty-six of the Jacks Rangers show, we're calling this one Rivals Part One. Over the next two episodes, we're going to be speaking to our good friends throughout the USA Rugby community out there, experts and well-established rugby names here in the United States for their respective teams. These are our correspondence interviews that we'll be doing here for the preseason that we talked about here in the offseason that we were going to do them, and they're finally here. Rangers, appreciate your patience. First up, we've got John Fitzpatrick. He is the curator of Rugby Morning, which I highly recommend everybody subscribe to. The second interview that we will have is with our good friend, Scott, the big guy Ferrara. He is the host of Rooster Booster Time and also the co-host of the Rugby Rant. And finally, we've got one of the main figures behind America's Rugby News, Toronto Court Correspondent via Halifax, Nova Scotia, Brian Ray. And of course, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara is our New Jersey correspondent for the Dirt Peckers. That is the lineup for the episodes in this episode 58, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider. Let me tell you a little bit about Storm Along before we get too far into anything else. Storm Along Cider, a Massachusetts based craft hard cider company producing a wide range of ciders focused on apple quality and character. Respect the apple is their motto, and their ciders are awesome. Always made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples from orchards across New England. Use promo code TJRS for 10% off your next online order at their website, stormalong.com. Get their cider delivered right to your door or check out their locator to find locations where you can find Stormalong near you. Highly recommend Stormalong Happy Holidays for this holiday season. And with that being said, we're going to jump right into the episode. Appreciate everybody riding along with us here in F episode 58. Let's hit that theme music, baby. Kick that MFN mule. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined this evening with a very, very special guest from Rugby Morning. His name is John Fitzpatrick. He is our DC correspondent uh, on this storm-along, unfiltered interview
2: here. John, how the hell are you? Doing great, Phil. First, how the hell are you? Two things. <laughs> One, belated happy birthday.
1: Thank you, sir. I'm I'm doing really well.
2: Two, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving.
1: I did. How about you?
2: I had a great time, man. I stuffed my face full of food and drink. I'm barely awake some, right now.
1: I just had some leftovers. Uh, we we did a sides giving instead of the whole, ah, you know, main course type yeah. thing. It was delicious. Yeah.
2: All right.
1: Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, you know some people that might be watching this now or in the future may not know you from your previous appearances on the show. Sure. Give us a rundown of your personal and rugby background for us, please.
2: Yeah, of course. So, I think like most people in the U.S. started or found rugby late in life, right? So I didn't mm-hmm. start playing until I was in college. Didn't really have any idea of what the sport was until I got to college. It was a club yep. sport at American University. Um, I was a decent three-sport athlete in high school, and I wanted to, you know, still do something competitive. And I didn't feel like intramural was like intense enough, you know, and I didn't right. want to do flag football, so. I was on the website, saw oldest active club sport on campus, and I was like, well, I got to mm-hmm. check this out. And I just got bit by the bug and wish I had started playing rugby earlier. I just felt yeah. at home on a rugby field. Played scrum half, fullback, um, fly half. Um, got to study abroad and played in Australia for uh, about five months. That was a lot of fun. That nice. was the best rugby I've I ever so. played. But then, of course, I hurt my knee. Um but then at the very end of it, on my trip home, I knee had gotten better. I was kind of rehabbing a little bit. I got to play touch on a beach in Fiji with a bunch of different Nice. People. The common language was rugby, and it was just a good Yes, um, I bet so. And then fast forward to a couple of years ago, I actually – I did – I attended one of the open tryouts, for old Glory, D.C. Um, I was not going to make it. I was <laughs> far too old at that point, but it was just yeah. fun to do. Um, and for now sure. I help coach um, – my help coach the U six for Washington area youth rugby, my, my son and daughter's team. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Very cool, man. Um, talk about rugby morning for a moment. Cause I know yeah. that, you know, I'm a big fan of rugby morning. I read it every single Get day that you put it out. Give us the elevator pitch on why Rangers should subscribe.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I say it's it's rugby fan made easy. So essentially it's a daily newsletter that you can read in five minutes or less. And mm-hmm. really what I do is I curate some of the top rugby news um, and provide key takeaways. So you like you feel informed of what's going on in the state of rugby and yep. um, cover Major League Rugby, USA Rugby, both men's and women's Eagles, top overseas news, uh, men's and women's college rugby, which I've been really trying to get into a lot more. Because Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a vital pathway and we can talk about that more. And then, you know, yeah, I try yeah. to insert a joke or two and ask some questions. But really just I want to highlight what some of the other content creators are doing. Right. So I mm-hmm. want to make sure I highlight all the different podcasts and where you can yes. watch games and things like that. So uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of being introduced and doing shows like this. Right. Because yes. a year ago I wasn't. Uh, being invited on a show like this but now here I am sitting in a garage in West Virginia ch- chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that.
1: There's, there's a, there's a- song in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I
3: knocked over my microphone. I was so excited by what you said. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, um, Yeah, you know, again, I'm a big fan of the, the newsletter. I'll read it. Like I said, every chance that I get every day that you put it out, it's one of the one of the first things I open up in my email just to see what's going on for that day and the weekend and stuff like that. So yeah. for folks out there that are are busy, you know, you're you're not maybe tuned in as much as uh, like the hardcore fan out there, yeah. you can get the, the information that you need really quickly with rugby morning. I highly recommend it, I know its name. Um, let's talk about what happened with DC because you're a DC fan. You live in the D C area, I believe. Yep. Um so you're our correspondent for DC. Uh, everybody that's going to be in the correspondent segments that we do this year, you know, they they bring a lot to the table, including yourself with Rugby Morning. Um, we've got really high-level uh, rugby people coming on the show, including yourself. So I'm super excited about doing this segment. So let's talk yep. about DC. You're our DC guy. Washington uh, finished bottom of the East with 23 points, three wins, and 13 losses, with a point differential of minus 168. At um your overall thoughts on DC's season last year what would that,
2: what would that be Whew. yeah I think um not a great start clearly uh rough times through the middle of the season and then uh, perhaps an optimistic turn looking forward into 2023 so mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's rewind a little bit when I was on the show last year it was going into week three mm-hmm. uh, old glory had got off to a really rough start I mean they mm-hmm. had dropped their first two and Given up 50 points in in both games. In fact, they gave up 50 points in five games total across the 2022 season. I mean, you saw the point differential, right? Like everyone was scoring on old glory. And that was definitely one of the things that we talked about going into the season was, you know, 2020 pandemic, shortened season, they were three and one. You saw, okay, there's optimism Mm -hmm. there. 2021, you know, great that there was major league rugby. Great. That everyone was able to play. An up and down season, six, nine, and one, right? And then in the offseason, they had some some guys depart, right? Like that, every yeah. not an excuse. Every team has to deal with that, right? Yeah. Jason Robertson, though, their fly half, who was their mm-hmm. leading point scorer, kicked all the points. Mungo Mason, those mm-hmm. are tough guys to replace, right? But they still had some mm-hmm. key pieces. They had Danny Tusatala, of course. Um yeah. So there was some optimism going into the 2022 season but then when you get, you know, 50 burgers dropped on you week 1 and week 2 and you're like, well yeah. holy moly, like yeah. our defense is swiss cheese here, you know. So and I remember talking about the week 3 game. You asked me if there was a way for DC to win and I said, you know, maybe they're hang around and they're they they stay tough through the first 55 maybe 60 minutes and then mm-hmm. what we talked about was Depth. I mean, I think yes. it showed a lot last year. There was a lack of depth. There was a lot of inexperience, right? So in the moment, short term, you know, not very strong, but the fact that a lot of guys were able to play and hopefully gain some experience. But yeah, then New England ran away with the week three match, um, <laughs> which was tough. I will say, though, as much as it was tough being an Old Glory fan and watching a 3-13 and season, every game was entertaining. I mean, it was high scoring across the board. Yes. They were giving up points or Or scoring points, and they had some players on the team who could who could score. So, yeah, certainly, certainly, of course, you know, we'll get into a little bit more here. But you know, letting your head coach go halfway through the season is obviously a sign that okay, the season isn't going well. We need a change of direction. It was clear that they were out of the playoff hunt. I think they were one of the first teams besides Dallas who was you know out of the playoff hunt. So okay, change the direction, interim head coach. Guys are competing for jobs for the next season. Who's going to stick around? What kind of culture can you build for for next year? And, and you know, and they ended the season well, right? They, they beat Toronto to end the season, yes. which, you know, Toronto certainly had their ups and downs, but they're always a tough squad. So certainly going out with a win is, is certainly optimistic. So a trying season, but, you know, that's why you're a fan, right? You can't. You can't, hey, look, you could be like New England Free Jack fans. And we'll talk about the power rankings in a little bit. You could go from not making the playoffs to turning around and having a great season. So maybe that's in store for Oglory DC in 2023.
3: For sure. You know, Hope Springs Eternal in the offseason right now. I mean, right. everybody should feel good about their team. And even if you're a Dallas fan who didn't win a single game last year, you know, you're hoping for at least a couple wins, right? Make things entertaining to watch. Um, you know, you were mentioning the coaching change midseason for DC. Andrew Douglas, who I believe had been with the organization the entire time, was shown yep. the door. In comes Nola, Nate Osborne, yep. who had been the, the guy behind uh, Nola uh, with, as the interim manager. And then in the offseason, DC announced the arrival of Josh Sims from NPC Club yep. Hawks Bay. Why do you think uh, Nate Osborne wasn't giving the, the gig full time? And also, what what's, what's the deal with Josh Sims? Why is he the guy to turn this thing around?
2: Yeah. Good questions there. Right. Um, I think the way if you look at how that season ended last year, you know, they won three of their last nine games, eight games. Right. So, again, the record wasn't great. But those first two weeks when he took over, they went up to New York almost got a W over them, which would have been exciting, you know, so that was okay. Optimism there. Hey, you know, maybe they're going to kind of like turn things around a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you know, they turned around and had a close one to Toronto and then they won two straight. I mean, they beat beat Dallas, but you know, everyone beat Dallas and then they beat Utah again. Utah was a good team. I think they will be much improved this year, but they struggled last year. Right. So you could say, okay, two wins there. Um, and they were scoring again, you know, like we we knew they were going to score, but they were still giving up a lot of points, um, I, I've always liked Nate Osborne, always appreciated his appearances on the rugby wrap up on the MLR Odds yeah. show that they did. But my guess was probably that, um, and I really like the owners, the ownership group in here in Washington, uh, Paul Sheehy, Chris Levy. I think what they're building, I think, you know, maybe the, the wins aren't showing, you know, and the results aren't showing, but. They're really connected in the in the DC community, so they're really building something strong, right? And the fact that the Scottish Rugby Union has invested in them, mm-hmm. the Scottish Rugby Union isn't just going to throw money around to a, a franchise that they don't have faith in or believe in, right? So right. that leads me to think that okay, these are these are two guys who are, are going to put it together, right? So my thinking was, after the season's over, you got to sit down, you got to have a review, okay? What do we want to establish here now? We got a clean slate. We like some of these players who are we bringing back and what, what kind of coaching style do we want? Um, and everything that I've read about Josh Sims, and I didn't really know much about him until the announcement, right? He, mm-hmm. he New Zealand guy, um, Hawks Bay. Uh, the, the thing that, that got me the most, that was most interested with him is that he was, he started off as a youth coach, which to oh, me, okay. you know, means this guy must have a lot of patience because <laughs> coaching new sports sometimes can be difficult, right? And the way you okay. communicate and lessons and, and partying like that can be difficult with kids, but um hawks bay and npc side note i really like well two things it's a it's a double-edged sword i do like this pipeline that seems to be happening between mlr and npc where players are coming and going we are getting some coaching coming and going you know uh full well right the expertise from some of the coaches down there which is interesting Side note, I would like to see some more of those foreign player slots on game days come down a little bit more, so we have Mm -hmm. more American rugby players playing on MLR clubs. But, you know, in time that will happen. Um, But back to the question, yeah, NBC's had success there. It seems like um, he had some experience too with some of the current um, Ogilory DC guys. So he coached Danny uh, Tuzatala at Hawks Bay in 2021, right? So some familiarity there, which I think helps. And if you look at, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit. If you look what happened in terms of Oglory DC, they brought a ton of guys back. Like there's been maybe three or four guys who have left, a couple of guys who are. Unsigned, we're not sure what their their status is at the moment, but for mm-hmm. everyone else to re-sign to come back, that tells me that's a good sign, right? Like those players are yeah. like, Hey, yeah, we only won three games last year, but we're willing to recommit to this team, to this organization, because we believe that there's something here. So yes. is that does that have to do with maybe conversations they've had with with Josh Sims? Possibly, and hopefully so, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Um, I'm optimistic uh, at the direction and, you know, I think in addition to Josh Sims, they brought in um, a guy to run a, their uh, business operations, um, which I think is vital because I think I think Andrew Douglas may have just had maybe too much on his plate um, and they needed someone else to kind of maybe focus a little bit more on some other areas um, of the business, right, which is Extremely important. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that's good. Marcelo Blanco—that's the name I was, I was trying to think of. He's—he's he's kind of the president of business operations. So, there's been some ch- turnover and some changes, but I think exciting, exciting stuff. If you're an Old Glory fan,
3: I mean, the way that you're you're laying all this out, I'm excited for you guys. All of a sudden, you know, this is this is very encouraging stuff. I didn't realize that Josh Sims had coached uh, Danny Cintalo, who's the star player, no doubt. Yep. Uh, for DC. So that's that is there might be some synergy there already, some chemistry built up. So yep. that, that's encouraging stuff. And you're talking about not a lot of departures. We'll get into that a little bit later on yep. for DC. So I don't, I mean, obviously DC didn't have a great campaign last year with only three wins. You can imagine some of those guys might have been like, well, I can, I can, I can see myself out of here and go s- yep. somewhere else. But he might have helped retain these players. He might have laid out his vision and these guys are buying in. So I mean, there's some encouraging stuff happening down there in Washington. So um, yeah, it, it's all very encouraging for sure. Let's talk about something that's also encouraging for the future here. DC had selected five picks yeah. in the most recent collegiate draft, including a guy I would love to have on the Free Jacks by the name of Mike Ware, who played in the backyard of the Free Jacks. they uh, yep. in Dartmouth. Fly half. Talk about these guys and who do you think is going to be the impact player for DC in yeah. 2023?
2: I'll start with Mike Ware and, and a credit to New England Free Jacks. And I think I tweeted about this because I heard it on a podcast, actually a podcast that you may have, you were, you were interviewing, um, um, TK? say that again.
3: Oh, was I interviewing TK? Tom
2: I think you're any, I think so. I think so. And he made something, he made mention of the fact that, uh, New England was looking at Mike. Yes. Cause, um, you know, they were looking at a fly half, ended up drafting yes. a different fly half. um, they liked him because of the backyard, right, and played at Dartmouth. You know, mm-hmm. again, I love the fact that USA Rugby, like, hey, we need to develop some domestic fly halves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounded like they let – not let him go, but they had an opportunity to draft Mike, and they didn't because Mike has, uh, I guess, a consulting gig or a job in Washington that was taking him there, and they didn't want to – They were they respected the fact that, you know, hey, he had some career aspirations outside of rugby – and they were okay with saying, hey man, yeah, we know that's an important part of your life too. Go Washington, you've got that job. And and Old Glory DC had an opportunity to draft him. So a lot of respect to New England franchise for for you know recognizing that, hey, this was a cool opportunity for Mike. And they kind of let him go to let, you know, quote, quote, let him go to Washington. So I thought that was really fascinating. Um <laughs> I loved, I loved the DC's draft. In fact, I was going back and looking at the old MLR draft grades that I gave every single team, and I think I actually gave New England a good. You guys only had two picks, but I thought you picked yes. really well.
3: Um, we picked I, a number up. eight uh, slash back rower and then a prop. Yeah. So it's, it's who got in the, draft.
2: Yep. the prop, I was like, I'm New England, like the, that's you just need to get a prop, and I think you, who you guys got, I think he's strong. Uh, that was
3: yeah, Ivan, yeah, pull up. yeah
2: yep. mm-hmm. But if you look at DC, I, I I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna pull this up. I said here, quote, quick take, beef. Old glory DC invested some serious draft capital into <laughs> grade A type five beef. And they did, Love because it. if you look, if you look at their draft picks, they took three, three hookers in a lock. Sorry, so, so if you look at the four, four of the four of the five draft picks were 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 all mm-hmm. big heavies, right? So they took yeah. Jack Manzo, who I think is is a top young collegiate draft or hooker out of um, Berkeley? You know, great player. I think a lot of people are high on him. Um, hooker Alex Baladeris. He's another local DC guy. He played his rugby at Queen Charlotte, so there's some connections there, which is really cool. Um, Colin Gross. He's he's a lock out of uh, West Point, right? I think anytime you can draft a guy out of West Point, I think you know yes. what you're going to get. Out of a yes. player like that, so to have him, um, I think he's more of a probably he'd probably be more of a flanker. He played lock in in college, but at six three, I don't think he's quite tall enough to be lock. He'll, they'll probably slide him the flanker, but I think he's just going to be you know a high energy, high character guy. Mm-hmm. But I think you know we talked about Mike, but I think the guy that they're most excited about um, and someone that you know since you're. Half Canadian now, apparently. Um, Cali Martinez. (laughs) He's uh, (laughs) – I got to get a dig in there. Canadian hooker who I think they're extremely excited for him. He's a great young player. They drafted him, I think, third overall. He was a guy like when I was looking at – I did a a mock draft, so I tried to pick all you know 39 picks. And actually this Mm -hmm. year I think I got two or three right. Um, Like nailed it on the spot, which is hard to do. Like, yeah,
1: it is hard, man. Uh, who knows? Who knows I, with this this draft stuff, man?
2: And it's all, it's all, you know, it's all, you know, I've watched some tape and stuff, and it was like looking at draft needs. But Cali Martinez, yeah. like, I think he's a guy who's going to step right in and compete for that starting hooker position. I think he's that good, and I think he's actually, um, if he's not capped by Canada yet, he will be. But he mm. is a load. Um, he's a good young player. And, again, I'm super excited because that's what O'Glory needed. They needed to beef up. That forward pack. And they've, they've got some key pieces that they're bringing back that we can talk about. But I'm excited for what they did in the draft. And I gave them an A. I, you know, I think I was a light, you know, I was a pretty generous grader for everyone. I'm trying yeah, to see yeah. if I have anything that's too low. I gave someone a B. A couple of teams got a B, but. Well, Austin and L.A., they didn't get it any <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, I'll
1: tell you, man, like, you know, if you watch some of these other drafts, like especially like the NFL, these guys that critique them are so harsh, man. You see Fs all over the place or Ds or whatever. So I appreciate you, you know, keeping a little light there with the MLR, to, at least to yeah. begin with. But it is so yeah. difficult, you know, I – when we were doing our draft preparations, I was on live with the rugby rant the entire time and yeah. I'm going, I've got my, you know, my war room, like yeah. my roster of guys yeah. that I wanted on the free jacks and they kept getting picked by other teams. And I was like visual visibly frustrated, like, Oh man, these guys got this, uh, this guy I was really hoping us to get. So it's, it is kind of a bummer in that way, but you're excited for the guys that you get. I mean, obviously as you're talking about, you're, you're giving some glowing reviews about some of these kids and it's super exciting to to have this whole process and and to go through it in the off season where, you know your team doesn't do so well. You get three wins, but then there's all of these things that you can think of. It's like, man, I'm just so excited to get the season started. I wanted to go back real quick because I was kind of freaking out in the background because uh, people were saying that I was having some mic issues. I'm hoping that's improved. Guys in the chat, if everything's okay now, let me know. It was,
2: it was, it was, it was slightly muffled when you knocked the mic over. You could still yeah. hear it fine, but it's much clearer now. Like no, okay, good,
1: at all, excellent, excellent. Well, yeah. uh, you were talking about the NPC, and I, I, I will give credit to the Free Jacks, as I always love to do around here, um, and in their NPC connections from last year that paid off dividends. I think other teams are kind of it's copycat leagues all over the place with professional sports. And they're seeing that success and saying, let me get some more of these guys from NPC that won't be playing in super rugby and bring them in to, to give them more uh, experience and and see if we can do some stuff over here. So um, I did want to bring up Bozo who's saying bunnies to NPR uh, or MLR rather, which is absolutely correct. It's that NPC connection for a lot of teams. And then uh, Dan, our buddy, uh, my buddy lives in the D.C. area, not a rugby guy. But if you could sell them on the team in sport in one sentence, what would you say?
2: First of all, I like the graphics you got down here. That's, that's oh, thank you, man. High production value right there. I like that Appreciate a lot. That. So if, yeah. I could sell the, if I could sell the sport of rugby and Old Glory D.C. in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll do a couple sentences. Um, <laughs> sure, we got plenty <laughs> we of time. Sent, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and say it in under 140 characters. But All right. So, one, I think, oh, we'll start with rugby itself. If if you're if you're someone who likes football and you're, mm. the football NFL season is over and you need something to get you through, get you through March, through spring and into summer, rugby is perfect. It's free flowing, it's nonstop, it's hard hitting. You're going to see some athletic people, and you're investing in a sport where. Over the next 10 years, the growth potential, and yes, we've had some ups and downs in USA rugby, but they didn't qualify for 2023, but in the next 10 years, the sport is going to have a massive growth opportunity with, yeah, we're breaking the rules here, baby. Hell yeah. We're going to have a Rugby World Cup in 2031. Get behind the sport. Get into mm-hmm. it now. It's going to be the next big thing. You know, invest your time, your energy, and spirit into it now. Okay? So that's more than a sentence. Oh, why, oh, glory, D.C.? One, because I think, um, I think the ownership group is really strong. They really care. They're passionate. They're really invested in the community to making good partnership opportunities. If you live in Northern Virginia and you, and you live by Leesburg, then you're right by the stadium, um, which is great um and i think it's fun right because you can go to a rugby game and not know the sport at all you can talk to the person to your left and your right mm-hmm. they could be super experienced or know nothing either by the end yep. of the game you're having a beer with them you're having a hot dog and you're like hey you're going to come back to the next one i think so bring your kid mm-hmm. like here's a rugby ball like what more could you ask for so um yeah not succinct but what are you gonna do
1: I gotta tell you, I mean, I think that your pitch of the sport of rugby is spot on. But the, you know, being a DC supporter, not so much. But you know, that's just my biased opinion. And by the way, Free Jacks are rule breakers, so we're happy to be rule breakers on this show for sure. Uh, that's what Free Jacks are all about, by the way. Um, some people were talking. Got, about, you know, let's go. To the, I'm gonna ask you one quick question here. Yeah. Um, do they have a new
2: logo? Are they trying out mm-hmm. a new logo?
1: I think they're trying out an alternate logo. Um, okay. I've heard from high sources. Uh, I, it's not somebody within the organization, but somebody that would know 100% one way or the other if they're changing the logo. And they're yeah. saying that they're not changing the logo. Okay. So, okay. Um, very good. Here we go. Dan is a, has a I wasn't response. wasn't sure if they were going to put like a maple leaf behind their. <laughs> <laughs> That's right um I, I love the commitment to domestic players but I, I don't think they should go that route uh we are canada south nowadays i kind of like to just to, tongue in cheek kind of throw some stuff out like that
2: in there but uh yeah i think we'll stick with the i was, gonna ask, gonna, I was gonna ask if you were gonna i was gonna ask if you're gonna move to nova scotia anytime. i am not <laughs> i am cool not passport. i'm very
1: happy in the state of new hampshire
2: uh, <laughs> i love it here
1: let me see here
2: and, and that's what i like about this show right because um and that's the other thing, too, about I think sort of since I started doing this, that I think your digs are funny at the other teams. Yes. The People who take them too seriously, because there's some people I've seen on Twitter who take it too seriously. It's like, folks, let's have some fun with this. This is what it's all about, like, yeah. give and take. But that's why that's why I gotta give you crap about being a Canadian citizen, essentially. I,
1: perfectly fine. I love it. I've got some maple syrup, but it's made in New Hampshire in the fridge. So I, I don't know. The, the best maple syrup, by the way, is made in the good old USA. I asked uh, that question.
2: I, I asked that question a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Who's who makes the better maple syrup? Canada or I think I said New England. Or maybe mm-hmm. I've said New Hampshire or Maine or something like that. And maybe it was just because of the the pro American readership, but they they agreed with us. So there you go. Uh well I'd love for the, our Canadian
1: uh brethren to come on down uh for the Toronto game at home and we'll definitely do a little taste test maybe like a, a Pepsi challenge if you will to see Fantastic. if they can they can pick the yeah. the, the the best yeah. one but uh, let me see here what else we got Vermont and a I'm an NH diehard okay fair enough fair enough uh, if we move we're going to. Okay, all right. I think he's talking about the Maritimes, I believe. Um, let's let's kind of switch gears here for a moment yeah. and discuss uh, D.C. again. What's going on with the departures? You're saying that there's not a lot of those. Um, are, are there any whatsoever at this point?
2: Yeah, there, there, there have been two at least. I think the biggest one was, um, and he was an exciting young player this last year, and I think he's got a bright future, uh, Felix Kalapu. He ended up signing a three-year deal with uh, the Western Force in Super Rugby. Okay. Yep. so you know I mean hey if, if you get a guy who's gonna jump to super rugby then yeah like go for it buddy I mean it was it was great to have him last year mm-hmm. um, and he did play well for us um, in that room but he he's no longer there and signed a three-year deal um, there's a couple other guys who aren't coming back um, their eight-man Josh Brown um, he's not returning uh, he's he's been a diehard since the very beginning he's an OG of the OGDC but uh, he won't be coming back <laughs> But there's a couple of guys who 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 you know when you talk about the prolific attack of DC, a couple of guys who who currently unsigned or their status is is unclear, and I'm not sure what the issue is. But their fly half, Rohan Salfaloi, he was their um, he he kicked all their points. He was their leading point scorer. And in fact, I think he was um, may have been fifth or sixth in the league in in points scored. Yeah, he was wow. sixth in MLR. And points scored. I mean, again, they O'Glory was scoring points. But um, and then the other guy, fullback, Renata Roberts-Tanana, he's currently – his status is up in the air. He'd be a big loss because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's electrifying with the ball in hand and ton of meters gained and can score tries. His status right now is currently uh, unsigned. And I will shout out the one guy who – he he writes glorious rugby. He keeps track of kind of all the player news back and forth. I had to go take a look at that real quick just to get an update on what uh, Tanana is doing because I, uh-huh. I I was surprised I hadn't seen anything yet but I'm optimistic that the news is no news is good news meaning he hasn't officially left yet maybe they're just trying to work it out or maybe he's got some other options but I'm hopeful that he'll come back so yeah
1: doesn't sound like there's too much damage uh, with the departures so far Where there with D.C. Um, let's talk yeah. about the retained players because that's something that you were mentioning earlier that I'm, I'm excited for you guys about is some people have bought in yeah, um, with staying yeah. with D.C. despite the bad year and never been to the playoffs at all. And, but what about the also the retained and incoming players for Washington? Um, who have they re-upped and who yeah. are they bringing in that uh, the Rangers should be aware of?
2: Well, I think the, the the first re-signing that they announced, and this set the tone, was their captain Danny Tussatala. He yes. was like literally after the season was over, he had re-signed. So that's good to see, right? He's mm-hmm. everyone knows about him being one of the most dynamic uh, scrum halves in the league. You know, it's exciting that he's back. I mean, we could go through the list of guys, but I'll just cherry pick a few of like the bigger names, of guys that people probably heard about over the last couple of weeks. But you know, the loosehead prop Jack Scaro, he's coming back, capped the eagle now. Unfortunate penalty in that one game, but Jack, we still love you. He's a good player. (laughs) Uh, Kyle Stewart, tight end prop. He's coming back. Lock Stan Smith. Stan South is coming back. Uh, Flanker Corey Daniel, who led MLR in tackles last year, he's coming back into the mix. Jameson Fanana schultz he's coming back as number eight. I thought he played pretty well um, in the final qualification tournament. Um, he brings that edge, which you know he can kind of cross that. Alone. Yeah, he's been uh, suspended.
1: Had a couple suspensions last year, right? Yeah, he,
2: he did. He did. You know, but hey, you know, uh, that's something they'll have to to, to keep track of, certainly mm-hmm. uh, for for sure. But you know, other guys like Junior Sal, he came back. He was fourth in M L R in tries last year. Penny is coming back. William Talatana's coming back. Doug Frazier's coming back. Um, and I think the biggest one that I was most excited about because he tore his ACL was their fullback, and he was a capped eagle where as well, uh, Mike DeBulis. Now, he tore his okay. ACL, yep. so he missed most of all of last year. Um, but the fact that they re-signed him, I'm optimistic, and that means that his recovery is going well, that he should be able to come back and, and play. So I think that's great. He's a he's, he's steady a veteran player that I'm extremely excited about. So those are like some of the the guys that are coming back. Another guy that's, that's coming back who didn't really play at all much last year because he was injured. um, He hurt his foot in the second game, but um, their hooker Gatis, he was a Uruguayan international. Um, Hmm. He, he had a foot injury the second game of the season, missed all of 2022. Again, to me, it seems like Old Glory is going to have a ton of options um, in their forward pack, which I think mm-hmm. is great. From from young guys that want to show up, and some older guys that are like, "Hey, young bucks, not yet." So it should be <laughs> good competition there. But um, in, incoming players, right? Hey, we did yeah. a tr- we had a trade with New England. We got Quentin, newcomer, so he's <laughs> yeah. coming in. We'll take him. You know, I'm excited. hometown
1: guy, pretty That's much. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's a,
2: yeah. he's a local boy. So um, excited for him. And then they, then they signed. You know, they brought in a little Argentinian flair, which is kind of cool to see. So I think the person that I'm most excited about, well, Lataro Bavaro, he's, the, he's a flanker. Excited for him from what I've read about him. But everyone keeps talking about Tito Bonilla, Bonilla who is a fly half, who apparently, mm-hmm. yep. from what I've been reading, him and Danny Tussitala teamed up in 9 and 10, may just light the league on fire right out of the gate. He's so, a
1: former national team player, right? For Argentina? Is, is that the same guy?
2: I'm pretty, I'm almost certain. I'd have to double check yeah. again, Tito Benilla, but uh, I just, I'm going to have fun just saying his name. Tito <laughs> <Diaz> <laughs> yeah, Bonilla.
1: For sure. I'll, That's a good one.
2: Hopefully, a bonanza of tries. <laughs> they were already starting already. So,
1: yeah. I, I mean, you know, Listening to all this, I, I think you guys are definitely gonna be better next year. I think a lot of teams have improved in the MLR and in yeah. the Eastern Conference, so I, I don't think it's gonna be as as much of a um, a massacre as it was last year between you know uh, the the big three, if you will, New England, New Jersey, and Atlanta. I think that there could be some some, some sleepers uh, w- within the rest of the conference, and they they might turn some heads for sure. Um, Thanksgiving, we talked about it just for a yeah. moment, briefly at the very beginning of the show. Thanksgiving was this past Thursday. Yeah. Uh, what is your go-to side, and what is your go-to
2: pie that you have to have each year? So I love these questions because I'm a big I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. I love getting around the table, a bunch of family. I we had 5K in the morning. We all played a backyard football, and then we all stuffed our faces and and, and you know overindulged in whatever form. So I love it. Um, I'm a so. I'll answer your question, but I'm a dark meat guy when it comes to turkey. So I'm okay. um, me and my brother picking all the dark meat out. But I love, I loved Thanksgiving leftovers. So I'm a big turkey melt sandwich guy for like two weeks after Thanksgiving. Right. Sure. But yeah. When it comes to sides, I mean mac and cheese must. You yeah. got to have mac and cheese. I'm sorry, mashed potatoes mm-hmm. of course. I mean these are staples. Stuffing yes. of course. Yes. I love. Brussels sprouts. They got to you have to cook them right. I think they got to be charred. Charred yes. Brussels sprouts are fantastic. Got to have it. You got to have broccoli on your plate. You got to have a little green to make thing make sure things move along. Mm-hmm. You got to have cornbread for sure. Um okay. And I like a broccoli casserole. I'm a big fan of a broccoli casserole.
1: My mom makes the best broccoli and cheese casserole you'll yeah. ever eat. Yeah. And I, I can't have it anymore obviously since I don't eat any animal products, but uh we we've yeah. tried to recreate it uh, here at the apartment a couple yeah. times and it's it's like 80% there, you know what I mean? So yeah. but uh yeah, all Fine. of those things yeah. other other than the yeah. you know the the turkey, I I I sign off on for sure because yeah. we 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 recreate it here in in the, uh, here in uh, New Hampshire. Oh, that's uh, where cool. I live. So yeah, it's it's uh yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty good to me, man.
2: <laughs> you asked me about pies. Yes. Again, I'm a big pie guy. So, I mean, name a pie, I'll eat it. I mean, I think I tried. I think I sampled five or six pies on Thursday. Sweet potato pie. There was a blackberry pie. I had some apple pie. There was a key lime pie. Ooh. There was a pecan pie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I probably put on about seven pounds in the last two days. So There you go. That'll boy. Yeah. I might be um, for hooker in a couple of weeks. <laughs>
0: Pop maybe. I hear
2: you i hear you uh, i'm more of a
1: pecan pie kind of guy but i love a, i love a key lime pie for sure or lemon meringue oh Ooh, man back in the yeah. day i used to eat that all the time yeah um let me see here what else we got um okay so this i always love to ask these questions to people that we have on the, on uh-huh. the show let's say you win the lottery today and tomorrow you uh-huh. you know you approach she and she auto sales and all those guys that own dc um, the Scottish Rugby Union. You're like, I'm gonna buy all you guys out. Name your price. I'll go ahead and pay it. Um, you know, uh, cash money, baby, all the way. And what would be the first thing that you do to make the club better as a 100% owner?
2: Well, okay, so I'm I'm not gonna answer that question because I the right way you want me to answer it. So I would come in as a limited partner with just cash. So I would keep the ownership. I would keep. I would keep Ooh. Paul and Chris. But this is what I would do. I would direct my money to funding a privately owned stadium in Washington, D.C., because mm-hmm. I think Old Glory, D.C., yes. I think I love Segra Field. It's neat out there. Yes, if you're coming from Maryland or D.C., it's going to take a little bit longer to get out there, right. but there is a good sizable rugby community in Northern Virginia that definitely gets out there, Loudon County for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, in my mind, um, I'd love to see uh, a stadium in. Uh, back in Washington DC did he make fun of the way we said pecan, pecan? Uh, yes uh, <laughs> so
1: it is pecan uh although in coastal carolina area it is pecan there yeah. oddly enough
2: yeah. yeah see i was i was i was talking back to your roots in south carolina there but um <laughs> down in the low country i was there not too long ago a couple of weeks ago but um, got family in charleston but um Love back to the there. question i would yes. i would build a a stadium in Washington DC for Oak Glory mm-hmm. DC, but also looking ahead to twenty thirty-one, I think DC would be a great city to host um, some rugby world cup matches, yes. nation's capital, most powerful city in the world. I think you gotta have um, a dynamite twenty-five 000 to thirty thousand seat stadium in Washington, DC that hosts international rugby matches, but is a home field for Oak Glory DC. So if I won the lottery, um, I would I would help. Paul and Chris build a, um, a stadium in DC. Let me
1: ask you a question because I think that is probably the number one thing about DC that people say is just you know uh, is is the the biggest flaw um, uh, that they have at this moment is the is the uh, the stadium. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Audi Field? Is yeah, it, is that at that's close? It's in DC, right? Or it's close to it, right?
2: It's in DC, yeah. It's okay. it's right it's right on the other side of, of of North Capitol Street, South Capitol Street. It's right across from where Nat Stadium, so we're on the Washington Nationals. Okay, Park. that whole section over there is 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 a lot of fun. There's there's yeah. a lot of bars and restaurants. It's a great nightlife. Um, it, that area over there was called it's called Buzzard Point and used to be more industrial and there was a couple of other things over there and mm-hmm. um, that's now a, a big growing area. If you go around a little bit, there's the DC Wharf. So if you ever come. Down to, to Washington, I'll invite you down to watch an old glory game when they play what I think in May or June. I'd have okay. to look at the schedule again. We'll take you out there, we'll show you. But yeah, so Audi Field is where um DC United, the major league soccer yes. team plays. Um I think with idea, yeah, ideally, you know, I'd be great if they could share the venue, but I think playing at generally the same time, I think you know, the rugby pitch oh, yeah. would get torn up a little bit. And I don't right. think DC United would would care or appreciate too much the fact that their pitch would be getting um, torn up by Makes by a vastly superior sport, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I think that those are the, probably the issues there. Now, when when DC first formed, they were playing in Washington DC. They were playing at Catholic University Cardinal Stadium. I remember that. Um, yeah, which is funny because when I was playing um, college rugby, we would play. I was an American. We would play Catholic we would play on an upper field back behind Cardinal Stadium. That's where we would play
0: hmm. um,
2: Catholic when we went down there. Um, but um, so they were playing there. And I, I just don't think it worked out. It wasn't. Um, the, the the field wasn't quite set up the way they wanted it to, but it was perfect because it was like you know seven minutes from where I live. I could rode could have ridden a bike there. Right. Yeah. But unfortunately, it didn't work out. But you know, and I think ideally, long term, it'd be great to have Oakley, D.C., in Washington. And if I won the lottery yes. and I didn't tell anyone, um, mm-hmm. I would help build a stadium in Washington, D.C.
1: I think that's a a brilliant approach to it. I think it's a must-have for that franchise going forward. I mean, you know, there's a a lot of great suburbs in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, but you really want it as close to D.C. as possible, I would imagine, because I know there's a lot of people complain, as you were talking about, that if they're from Maryland, they've got a long way to go to get down there to Leesburg, so... Um, I've and,
2: uh, and I would think every major league rugby team would want their own stadium, yeah. their own rugby specific stadium yes. right? for the sport to get to that next level here in the U S mm-hmm. much like major league soccer. When, when those soccer teams weren't playing in those vast NFL stadiums, but yes. I think the Columbus crew might've been one of the first ones to build a soccer specific stadium, you know, 20, 25,000. I think that's what the growth of major league rugby would be awesome to see when teams can start to do that. Cause then I think, that's when you know money's coming, really coming into sport. A lot more people are, are attending, mm-hmm. and um, we're all we're all cheering on our teams in awesome stadiums.
1: For sure. And speaking of uh, soccer-specific stadiums, uh, the Revolution up here in New England still play at Gillette Stadium, and it's a, it's a true disgrace, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but uh, it kind of is what it is. The owner owns the Patriots, and that's their stadium, so yeah. it, they don't have to spend any more money. Uh, And they can, they can just put them there in Gillette and it's, uh, you know, 80% empty, uh, 90% empty. It looks terrible on TV. The atmosphere is not very great. I've been to a couple of their games, um, but it just kind of is what it is. But uh, that is uh, obviously a goal for, I think every, or it should be of every single franchise is to get out there and and build a rugby specific stadium, like the one in Houston, which Mm -hmm. should be the envy of the league at this point, because they, they put their money where their mouth is and and got it done very early on in this process. And every single club should be doing that and, and have it as close as Possible if their market city is as they can possibly get it, yeah. Um, that will be healthy for the league for sure. Um, I didn't, you know, really talk to you about this one at all, but I wanted to throw this out there as well. Let's say you wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you're the, you're the uh, general manager of DC. I mean. Who? What position are you trying to lock down in terms of bringing in a guy that's maybe a superstar here or NPC that would be realistically possible to bring to D.C. that, that maybe they don't have and need help
2: with? Ooh, um, That's a great question. Um, you know, maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind. Um, and he's probably still a couple years away from having this happen. But mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see A.J. McGinty fly after. For Oak Lord, yes. So cool. Absolutely. i um, would be awesome. I think any any big, any big men's eagle that is playing overseas, mm-hmm. you know, that's playing in the premiership or top fourteen or anywhere else, you know, I'd love to see them back um, yes. playing domestically, right? So uh yeah david anui right that'd be awesome but i mean he's Mm -hmm. playing so well in top 14 and he's learning a ton there and all the dark arts of the scrum with (laughs) you know those french players up there like keep Mm -hmm. them over there like (laughs) let him keep playing over there um but but ruben de haas it'd be cool to see ruben de haas i agree you know um but again he's 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 in the premiership and he's Playing with Saracens, but um, I'm not exactly sure if he's getting a ton of game time. You know, it seems he's, like
1: he's coming off the bench. He's the second choice uh, scrum yeah. half, you know. Uh, there, there's but, my
2: mom. Say hi. Guys. Hi. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't planning on that, but that's what happens when you do live. You do of yeah, rugby no, shows here. But, no worries, yeah, I would worries. say A.J. McGinty would be cool to have
1: him back. So. I agree. I, I, I said him in our um, dream uh, signings for the Free Jacks, you know, obviously – uh, prior to Jason Patras coming on board, yep. the, the Free Jacks had a huge hole at fly half and, and they needed uh-huh. to to bring somebody in that would uh, match or you know equal the hype of Boating walk and AJ McGinty's that guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he just signed a contract with uh, uh, the Bears, so he'll be there for a while. A unfortunately, years, yeah. hopefully he'll be uh, over stateside at some point before he hangs them up. But uh, let's talk about. There's a lot of heat going on, or less last year there was, in regards to your initial Rugby Morning power rankings last yeah. season. Specifically, the Jacks on the internet are a ruthless and savage bunch. I think we're probably the most engaged MLR fans on the internet. Uh, you would pick the Jacks, basically, to be
2: bottom dwellers. At, you know, in that initial. Uh, that, no, that's that's no 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 no. no that's not <laughs> even close to being true. That's not even close to being true. So I'll let you finish your question, but then I'll, I'll correct the record.
1: Okay. Um, what can we expect this year? <laughs>
2: <laughs> One, I, I appreciate it from New England Free Jacks fans. And I, you know, I thought that was a lot of fun. The very first, the very first MLR preseason rankings for last season that I did, yes. I put it out. I went had to go back and take a look. Put it out August thirty-first, twenty twenty two. And I put free jacks at number five. I had them at number five. Is that yeah. right? I could so have sworn then,
1: it was lower than that. All right. Okay.
2: Yep. So then so then, the last one I did right before the start of the season, it was the final, final preseason rankings. I had the Free Jacks at number eight. So right, that's in the what I remember. Pack, okay, fighting okay. for a playoff spot, but yeah. far, far from bottom dwellers or bottom <laughs> of the pack. So for the record, Fair Fair misinformation, enough, yeah. fake news. But I did hear it, and and I forget who it was. Someone tried to come with the receipts a couple of you know months later. Yeah. And I and I thought that was great, and I loved it. But I think that's what's fun about the sport, and what's fun about rugby Twitter is that, um, you know, people are very opinionated and had fun with it. And I'm, you know, I'm going to respond. I'm not going to just ignore them because it's supposed to be fun. So for yeah. sure, what kind of this year?
1: Yeah. What What's going to happen this year? What where, where are we going to be at? You think?
2: Well, two things. One, I want to. um in a couple of weeks, right? I think once all the Chicago players are officially signed, I'd like yep. to see because there are some big names that have been attached to that team. At least they were drafted. Um, we'll see if they all sign. But mm-hmm. once that settles, um, I will have to do. I can't give it all away. You'll just have to wait until <laughs> a couple of weeks, and then we'll see. I appreciate that. With that, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Right. I I will kind of go back to what you were talking about earlier. You know, our show specifically is pretty savage and and we like to crack jokes uh, about other fan bases and stuff like that and other teams um you know that is not for everyone at all um but i will say that there's there's an aspect of rugby in general in this country and i think others as well where it's a bit elitist and it's a bit snobbish uh Mm -hmm. when it comes to like these traditions that we have and how we have to uphold certain things about respecting the opposition by Any means necessary under any circumstances. And I don't think that meshes well with American (laughs) sports, specifically rivals um, and stuff like that. So we like to mix it up a little bit with this show. And I appreciate the folks that are, you know, ride along with us, regardless of what we're doing with that sort of stuff, with like cracking jokes. I I understand that that is not for everybody at all. But I would just say that, you know, for us to try to reach out to as many people as possible and American sports fans, I think we like to have that type of content. Now, can it go. You know, a little bit too much. Yeah, probably so. But uh, we like yeah. to keep it a
2: hundred around here. Well, that's the thing. I think I, I think you hit on something um, which is key here, right? Like yeah. I think there are definitely, and that's which is what's interesting about about rugby, right? Is that you know the you know the, the traditions of what the sport is all about. And I totally get it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, respect your opponent on the field. Yes. Like try and beat the crap out of them on the field, but you're not going to like cheap shot them. And then after right. afterwards, you're going to have a beer with them. You're going to have. A laugh, but then if you see them again later and when you play them, you're going to try and beat the crap out of them again, right? That's yes. how the sport is. It's a brutal, aggressive sport played yes. by aggressive people that afterwards will slap you on the back and have a beer, right? Yes. But the thing that I don't necessarily like is that, and I think you're absolutely right about this, is that you can take some of the good stuff that's traditional and great about rugby, mm-hmm. but you got to have American spin and take on it, right? Yes. And what I mean by that is, um i don't necessarily agree with the whole respect the kicker thing at least mm-hmm. in the u.s because like think about it you go to an nfl game you're a place yeah. kicker you've got ninety thousand fans if you're mm-hmm. on the road screaming at you to miss that kick yep. For and, sure. so there's that but then two, let the local customs let the local teams figure out right. what they want to do if they want to respect the kicker fine that's mm-hmm. their thing but if you go to new england Maybe you expect it to be a little rowdy. Okay, if you go to Utah, it might be a little bit different. If you go to Mm -hmm. Washington and play, like the players need to know, like, okay, what are some of the local customs the fan groups, the supporter groups? What do they do? Let the clubs, let the fans develop that instead of forcing people to respect the kicker. Let them figure it out on their own. If Mm -hmm. they respect the kicker, that's their take. And if they don't, then I think that's great too. But, you know, bottom up, let the people decide what they want to do.
1: I love that. It's very democratic of you there, John.
2: Wow. (laughs) Uh, Say golf. What's that? This isn't golf.
1: Yeah. If it was golf, I wouldn't be watching. I'll tell you that for free.
2: the kicker. Make it. Yeah, exactly. I
1: feel the same way. And, And ultimately it comes down to, Culture as and it's yeah. that stuff is still being built up in this league. Yeah. It's only a couple, you know, what six years old at this point. So and a lot yeah. of franchises have come on since the beginning. So um, let teams decide and let cultures decide what yeah. what is uh, okay and what's not. I definitely don't want to yeah. see that like, like for me, I don't I don't say anything when the kicker is doing their thing. But I'm not going to scold somebody that, that's yeah, next yeah. to me yeah, for yeah, doing yeah. that. I, I would never ever do that. Um, ultimately, it really comes down to. This is the American experience for professional rugby, and yep. it's it's a little bit different over here. Uh, and and we'll we'll make our own way ultimately, and respect the traditions of the game, of course. But we got to do our own thing; otherwise, 100%. it might not be as successful as we hope it would be. So, I
2: agree, hundred percent. Love that. Um, look impressive. at us agreeing on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We um, i'm not i'm not comfortable with agreeing with you on <laughs> this stuff.
1: one thing we cannot agree on is that both of us have the same colors and it's oh, a yeah. little weird i don't it like is. that and i i wish it was not the case I don't, the way, I don't appreciate i don't appreciate your
2: i don't appreciate your little survey groups your questionnaires your whatever those are to get the team to change the the colors that I don't appreciate that.
1: <laughs> There's an official petition out there that no. uh, that uh, DC should change their colors to burgundy and gold and and change their right. name. Um, yeah, you know, we like again, we like to have a little fun around here. But uh, let's talk about. Will you be making the trip up to Fort Quincy on March the 11th? I know last year you wanted to get up here, and it just did not come together.
2: Am I getting an official invite from the First Regiment?
1: Hell yeah! Oh, I, I'm not a I'm not a on the board or anything like that on the First Regiment. But I think it's fair to say that we will we we'd be. We'd love to have you uh, up here, and we would embrace you with open arms.
2: March, that's what, March 11th. That's a few days before yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, uh, it's
1: going to be a real cracker. That is the
2: home yeah. opener for
1: the Free Jacks. It, oh. it is going to be a madhouse. I mean, the weather was bad last year. It was yeah. rain and then turned into snow, and it was cold as hell. It looked awesome on TV. It was a party. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. The Free Jacks do these festivals so well. Which I think is uh, awesome. I hope- yeah, I think though I really That's hope that the league is taking notice because a lot of, if you look at some of these stands in some of these games last year, it was not looking too good in, in some places. Uh, Nola, I mean, I'm talking about you specifically. It did not look too good on well, TV. They play in the
2: minor league stadium, right? I mean, yeah, the, I mean, it's,
1: it's tough, football. but the, they, they need, handles. you know, I, I'm hoping that they they look at the free Jack's success and say, how can we try to replicate this in our yeah, own ways? Because it's yeah. important to have these teams uh, survive and whatnot. But um, yeah. yeah, I think they've done things so well at the free Jack with these festivals and it's a big party beforehand. Yeah. And and okay. then there's a rugby game that goes on. So it, it kind of brings people together that might yeah. not normally be there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would be a blast if you came up here, you get to experience the free Jack tailgate, which is, yeah. was just growing yeah. like wildfire. Um, at The last home game we had somebody doing hibachi, like just out. You know they had the rice, they had the the yeah. steak and the chicken. They were just doing it, dude. It was <laughs> wild to see. And I'm like, yeah. this is happening at a rugby game. It's so awesome. cool. Yeah. All
2: right. I well, I know. gotta put that on the calendar. I gotta let me let me talk to the the, the decision makers. My wife. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. need March 11th to go watch a rugby <laughs> match, please. <laughs> yeah, it would
1: be a blast to have you up there, up here. I think it'd be a come good, on, man. Good, I'm good a, I'm,
2: a, I'm a Fitzy, a Fitzy in 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 Boston around St. Patrick's Day for a rugby. Oh marriage. yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, it's perfect. People, yeah, you'll you'll have a blast. You know, you dress up like a leprechaun. You know, have a couple beers. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, well, glory
2: wins. It's gonna be a great. It'll be a great day. Come on,
1: I, I would not. I mean, I would bet the house on uh you know uh free Jack showing up and just absolutely destroying DC oh, on, man. Ho- opening. You know, it's opening game. Come on, man. I, I don't see that happening. But you know, who knows? Who knows? As you, you know, I, I'm already kind of convinced that DC is going to be a lot better this year. So we'll we'll have to see. Final thing here, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep you we're gonna hold you to this. Uh, what is your way too early win loss prediction for the regular season for Washington? And do you think they make the playoffs in
2: 2023? <clears throat> um. <clears throat> so I think here's the deal. I think. I think they will be much improved. I think they will fight for a playoff spot through mm-hmm. the end of the season. I think ultimately they'll settle somewhere in that nine and seven, ten and six range. Okay. Uh, which, okay. So people are thinking about like, oh wow, that's a plus six, plus seven win differential compared mm-hmm. to last year, and is that doable? I think so. Um, I think a lot of things do need to go right. Right. I think they got to stay healthy. I think they got to build mm-hmm. build upon. Uh, the the success they had last year if they can tighten you know their defensive issues they had last year then I think I think they've got a shot so I think what's most interesting if you look at how their season starts off week one they host Chicago right again we're not exactly certain who's going to be on the Chicago team but Mm -hmm. if you're all glory DC you cannot let an expansion team win their first match and it's right at home for washington so you got to think right there like you need to start off the season with the win right there week two they have a bye it's an early bye so that's fine they got another one later in the season each team is two mm-hmm. then they're on the road to new york and then on the road to new england right there tough. so tough. tough for sure if they can steal one of those either <laughs> new york or new england right and now you're looking at two and one and you come back at home and you've got Toronto and you can squeak one there and look right there. You're looking at three and one through the first five weeks of the season. And then mm-hmm. you're thinking, okay, we've got some stuff going on here. Like we we can put some stuff together there. So I, I would say I'm going to go 10 and six and hold me to it. 10 and six.
1: Okay. I love the optimism for sure. I would say that out of that uh, initial stretch, where you've got a brutal schedule, where it's the Chicago team that might be absolutely stacked if all of those players sign. I mean, it's probably not going to happen that all of them are to sign, but there's yeah. a lot of good players that they have selected. And then you got New York, uh, and then New uh, New England. That's that's going to be a tough. beginning They played there. New
2: York well twice last year, though. I mean, I was know. just
1: going to say, I was yeah. just going to say, New York's home record. If you look it up, it is nothing to, for them to be proud about or pump right. their chest about. Um, just look at the Free Jacks. They went in there and absolutely, you know, won both games last yeah. year. Uh, let's not talk about what happened in the in the uh, the away games for the home games for the Free Jacks uh, against New York. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and by the way, it's that's definitely not a fortress there. It's a fortress at Fort Quincy, but it's not a fortress in New Jersey for sure.
2: I don't know if they're going back there.
1: Yeah, I, there's I nothing set in stone. they're not this going moment. back.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was talking to Scott, the big guy Ferrar, and he said that he didn't know, but this was about a week and a half ago that I asked him where they're going to be playing at. Yeah. So that's got it's got to suck. I mean, obviously, you know, D.C. doesn't have a great uh, situation with them being so far away from D.C., but uh, imagine not knowing at this point in time, you know, a couple months out from the beginning of the season, where your team's even going to play. That's that's tough, man.
2: Yeah, that's it's definitely been tough for for New York fans, for sure. And I got to imagine, um, you know, not being able to enjoy a cold one at mm. a game. is has got to be tough. Right, yeah. so however they figure out and wherever they go, if if they do go somewhere outside of where they played last year, I just hope that there's an opportunity for an adult beverage or two to be sure because I think that will probably influence how the crowd. Um, yeah, it helps a lot for yeah. sure. It helps a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, we're going to do the one-word association. I finished off my storm along, but I will hold up the can here. Uh, nice. The storm along one-word association. All right. uh, I'm gonna say one word or a couple of words here and the first thing that jumps into your mind let me know what that is one word yep. all right first one is commanders uh, um a, a terrible name <laughs> all right we'll go with terrible speaking of terrible Matt McCarthy my, my best buddy
2: I love Matt McCarthy he cracks up.
1: I do too I he's a cut up
2: yeah I the I know I'm only supposed to say like one word, but the fact that he's been doing this for so long and has so much fun doing it, yes. knows a lot of people, and people give him a lot of crap for the way things maybe are televised on games and commentary, but we mm. don't know the angles, and ninety percent of the time they're not even on on site; they're in some production booth. That's in right, yeah. Country, so yes, Matt McCarthy's the man, yeah. I would, I, was, I would say
1: legend. You know, we, we, yeah. we have our online spats. Uh, yeah, he yeah. likes to poke the bear big time, but I, I think he's an absolute legend. I look up to him so much. The next one is flag.
2: Flag. Oh, I, I think red, white, and blue. I think the American flag.
1: I think mascot for you guys because you guys don't have a mascot other than the American flag, which is kind of lame, to be honest. I mean, it's a great symbol for our country. Flag lame? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. It's a great symbol for our country, but for a professional sports team, it's pretty lame. Gotta I don't say. think
2: so, man. Oh, glory DC, you. Know, we're flying that flag. It could be battered and, and bruised, and we might not be a perfect nation, but gosh darn it, we're going to put that flag in the ground, and we're going to fight on.
1: Everybody gets to claim the flag if they have their team in the United States. You see what I'm Coming saying?
2: Coming from the guy who's practically Canada South.
1: Ah, I see what you did there. All right, next one is DC. As he finishes his drink.
2: Yeah, this is a, a ham. Hey, sorry, it's a Milwaukee no, beer. Never no had a before. My dad was like, try these. I'm like, done. Uh, <laughs> DC. Um I think power. Yeah.
1: It's true. Well, you know, we, we always put the uh, house of cards theme on for you when we, when we promote the show. Um, next one is rugby. Mm. Um, I wish I'd played it when I was younger. Okay. Not one word, but I'll take that one. (laughs) (laughs) one sentence association here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, the last one is free jacks. Frenemies. Yeah, I like that, man. I think we're going to title the uh, episodes here with our correspondents, rivals. But frenemies is actually more of a uh, better description of, of what these segments are because you know we're all you know we like to talk a little crap around here with each other. We like to throw things around uh, at the other teams, but at the same time, we're all in this together about professional rugby in the United States and MLR and trying to grow this thing as much as possible. So we're all together in that sense.
2: Well, and, and I think rivals, like when I think for Major League Rugby, when I think rivals, I definitely think uh, Rugby New York and New England Free Jacks just because of the history that you guys yes. have had so far in terms of yes. the results going back and forth. Yes. Old Glory DC, haven't, I don't think we're rival status with the Free Jacks quite yet because we just haven't had – yeah, I can yeah, – yeah, yeah. We're working on it though, on our end. We're trying. We're I mean, we're trying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be different this year. Yeah. Um, but um, I think, yeah, when I think Eastern Conference and Major League Rugby right now, certainly, um, you know, uh, Free Jacks and, and Rugby New York, there's a, a rivalry there simply because of the cities, but also mm-hmm. because of how the results have gone over the last couple of seasons. So Yes, yeah. I would just argue that
1: all of us are rivals in the Eastern Conference because it's so important to get wins uh, against each other, and we play each other twice a year. It's just what level of of intensity is the rivalry? That's the way my approach to it. But uh, with that being said, I really appreciate you being on here, John. This has been fantastic. I said it would be a thirty-minute conversation, where uh, we just hit an hour. So uh, I think that's just kudos to our chemistry. Um, uh, together. This is live, right? Uh, this is live, but we're also going to be putting this on the podcast nice. and, uh, you know, save it and everything. So yeah, it'll be on the Rivals Part 1 episode <laughs> coming out pretty soon here. So I appreciate your time very much. Thank you. You've been very generous with that one hour. Thank you so much uh, no being on the show. And I've got one word for everybody out there in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. This is a storm-along, unfiltered interview with our good friend, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. Scott, how the hell are you?
4: I'm doing well, Phil. How are you, man?
1: Uh, not too bad. You know, as you're coming on here and I'm introducing you, I'm just having flashbacks of that nightmare scenario where the Free Jacks somehow lose twice uh at the end of the season there to uh, Rooney or uh, rugby New York and uh get crashed out of the playoffs and then you guys go on and win it. Um so uh thank you for that unfortunately but uh let's let's talk really quickly about who you are uh for the Rangers out there that missed your previous appearances on the show. Give us a quick rundown of your personal and rugby background please.
4: Sure. Well I'm Scott the big guy Ferrara um as far as rugby goes uh I learned about it in high school through a teacher Uh, Got involved in watching the All Blacks and and the Eagles. Um, From there, go to college. Played in college at University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth, Division IV. Kicked around some men's leagues back home. Unfortunately, I had to stop playing contact or collision sports uh, for my health reasons. But Mm -hmm. uh, always obviously been a fan as the MLR popped up. Uh, New York, um, while they didn't play in 2018, had a team that was getting ready to play in 2019. Got involved in creating the Rooster Boosters, which is their fan club Uh, in 2020. Uh, me and my buddy Rob Hammersmith, who I believe is going to be on the show in about five or yes. six days, yes, uh, got into an argument about Matthew Bastro and what he's going <laughs> to do in that 2020 season. And another guy, my buddy Ty Braga, mm-hmm. uh, decided we should all create a podcast. And since then, yes. we've been doing the Rugby Rant podcast, which is actually in season four. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a whirlwind experience going from a, a kid who just you know learned about rugby and watched you know the mm-hmm. All Blacks and the Eagles on you know, illegal streams and stuff like that to be yeah. like kind of a, a personality in the sport, at least in North America.
1: For sure. Where can uh, people find the Rugby Rant? Uh, because I highly recommend it for people that are interested in finding out about MLR in general and rugby in the United States and also promote your show, uh, your fan show, the Rooster Booster Time.
4: Sure. Uh, absolutely. Rugby Rant. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Rugby Rant Pod. Um, you can find us on social media at Rugby Rant Pod. Um, we actually have a uh, episode, episode 115 of the rant is out now um well mondays is our interview show uh mm-hmm. our run past kick interviews yep. uh thursdays is our rant show so we give you two shows a week and then um we're starting at the uh beginning of the new year with our new season of rooster booster time we're gonna have all the new guys from new york come on have some of the old guys from new york come on and those are usually tuesdays at 7 7 30 and then we do a live rooster booster time uh at, at every match usually um prior to the match um to give you a little preview of what's going on
1: I love uh going on there prior to the free jacks play in New York because I like to, you know, throw a little huzzas in you guys' comments and, and just see what's going <laughs> on with uh with rugby New York prior to that big matchup, the Cold War, if you will. Um this year, you know, both the Free Jacks and, and uh rugby New York uh split the series essentially, uh with two wins at home in both locations there for those sides. Um We talked about, you know, last year, the nightmare scenario of Rugby New York winning against the Free Jacks at Fort Quincy to you know go on to the, the championship game, which is exactly what happened. Rugby New York finished the regular season in third place in the Eastern Conference with 56 points, 11 wins and five losses with a point differential of 25, bolstered by some late additions to the squad in the form of experienced international signings. New York went on to win the Shield. Your overall thoughts just of the season, uh, a monumental season for Rugby New York? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I was excited at the the, the end of the season, winning
4: the shield. I got to yeah. celebrate with the guys. I got my picture with the shield. I got to sit front and center in the front row midfield at Red Bull Arena for that match. It was great. Um, throughout the whole season, it was, it's, it's kind of been the same, even though there's been owner, changes in ownership, even though there's been changes in coaching. Um, the thread for this team is the same as family. And the great part about it is last season, we had guys come in with their families They got a nice start. I got to meet the wives. I got to meet the girlfriends. I got to meet the kids. And that's one of the things that I think people um, don't realize about the MLR, but how much – and this is every team. This is New England. This is Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, They embrace the family lifestyle, and it's about the family. And if you have a good home life, you will have a good life on the pitch. And I think that was brought out in our 11 wins and and making our playoff run
1: for sure man it's a i've said this many times on our show it's it's annoying how good and how competent rugby new york is in terms of the the way that it's ran from a general manager perspective you know steven lewis one of the best in the business for sure um i wish you guys were the new york knicks but in reality you're kind of like the new york yankees unfortunately uh (laughs) it kind of is what it is at this point but uh you know the free jacks are pretty damn good too so it's a great rivalry that we have um amongst each other here I noticed that Rugby New York has changed their color scheme again. Is that a permanent thing? Or are they now they're rocking black and white, kind of like the? Well, I mean, uh, the next yeah,
4: looking like the well, looking like the the, the Nets, but yeah, the um, Nets, sorry, the Nets and, and the Islanders briefly did it. But I mean, this started in 2020 as they started to do an alternate black and white. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not a permanent change. They just like how that logo looks, especially okay. in the off season. It kind of signals like the offseason you know, because of, okay. of it's black and white instead of the colors, but yeah, I, I don't see that as a permanent change, more of just a, the third alternative, you know?
1: Gotcha. All right. I appreciate that clarification there. Uh, it's a puzzling move from an outsider's perspective. Looking at what has happened with Rugby New York, uh, they've parted ways with their head coach Marty Vale uh, Marty had been with uh, had been the head coach for the past two seasons, accumulating a record of 23 wins and 13 losses. Scott, this seems a bit of a head scratcher from the outside looking in. Can you kind of explain what's going on with Rugby New York? Why are they going in a different direction? And what information can you tell us about the new, or excuse me, the new head coach that has yet to be announced? What direction will they go in?
4: Um, I mean, as far as Marty's departure, I think it was just a mutual part of part of ways. You know, Marty I think wanted to move on to other things. Um, I do, you know, I'm going to throw some names out there. Um, Phil Jackson, okay. Mike Keenan, <laughs> Al McNeil. I'm just saying three coaches who were all okay. left after their championship seasons all right. two Stanley Cups and, and one uh, uh, um, NBA championship. So it's not as crazy as, as you think sometimes. And there's been a lot of coaches recently who've had successful runs into the playoffs and they might have not have won the championship, but then have been let go or left by the teams, but I think all they're looking to do is to make sure that their synergy within the team, that they're they're fielding the team they want to field based upon the type of offense they want to run. Um, you know, on 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 with ball in hand, they're looking to do a you know variety of things in the back line, but also keep that that solid set piece play, that Northern Hemisphere play up front, mm-hmm. and that Southern Hemisphere back line play, and kind of meld it together. And I think they just want somebody who's going to continue with that vision and and have it run with the guys that that steven lewis gets for the team
1: makes sense for sure i mean that they wouldn't want to have somebody that that's focused in on their vision of how they want to pursue things on the pitch um it's a slightly concerning though at least from my perspective where the free jacks have just brought in a lot of their development guys and some of their guys that they want to get more work in they're practicing like literally right now we just saw a video posted uh today of last night's little practice session that they had, is it a bit of a concern to you that they haven't named a head coach yet?
4: Not really. Um, Just because they haven't announced a head coach doesn't mean there's not a head coach. Um, And it's funny, this is a gripe that people had during the draft about, Teams that didn't have a head coach that were drafting players, mm-hmm. which I said, well, that's the reason you have a general manager is that's to right. select yep. those, those those people, yep. and you have directors of rugby and you have CEOs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the head coach is just there to really get them going uh, on the practice pitch and on the field. And I got to be honest, until the guys come in after the holiday, it, it does, you know they can on J- in January first they could they could announce the head coach and then you know on the fifth all the guys are going to come in. So like yeah, I said, but- the, I don't I think they have one. Pretty Sure, they just haven't announced it yet.
1: That's fair, that's fair for sure. I mean, the preseason doesn't technically start until January, for, uh, but it's nice to have you know the free jacks have all of their staff and some of their players are out getting reps in and stuff like that. So it's it's comforting as a free jacks fan to see that, but I understand your perspective for sure on that. I mean, you guys are the defending national uh, national well, champions, so you know. I mean, and
4: the, the the thing, the other thing is, as you guys know, with Mystic River and, and the ARP, we had a lot of our mm-hmm. players playing for Nyack sure. and Old Blue yeah. and Life and Life West. And Mystic, and some guys from Mystic River. So I think, you know, especially December, the end of November, December, some guys just want to rest from rugby until they hit that MLR yeah. season too. So,
1: you know. Makes sense. It's, yeah. Let's talk about the draft. You had mentioned it just a little bit earlier there. Uh, New York selected two picks in the 2022 collegiate draft, including a guy I would have loved to have on the Free Jacks, a, a guy that uh, has walked through my past growing up there, I guess you could say. Doyle uh, Hodgepath, prop out of Queens University, Charlotte. Talk about these guys and who do you think will be impact players for New York in 2023?
4: Well, I I do think uh, Doyle and William Whiteside is the other uh, player they drafted. He's a Mm -hmm. a lock um, out of Lindenwood.
1: Lindenwood. Um,
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, And here's the thing, you know, coming in, you're, you're going to be with the, the, those two positions are with guys who are very um, experienced with Eagles, Mm -hmm. with, um, playing in, in super league uh, super rugby and things like that. so I think will they both make an impact on the field? yes if they can get some squad time there's a lot of senior guys ahead of them. Um, do I think they will start uh, they'll start on in the forge yeah I think they'll start in the, the academy team but it's those reps in practice against these 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 good experienced players that's going to get them to where they need to be now doyle looks like a prop props like a prop runs like a center. Um, yes. yeah. has actually has a step like a wing, so it's in the mm-hmm. open field, he's actually kind of elusive, even though he has a big body shape. Um, the other thing, um, William Whiteside coming in, you know, he's he's playing with Nick Chivetta, he's playing with Nate Brakely, he's playing with yep. um now Brad Tucker, uh, because Will is over uh, in super rugby, you mm-hmm. know, so you have three guys who you know Brad's looking to get on the Eagles either this year or next year, depending on his eligibility, and then two starting Eagles at Lock, you know, who've come up through a system and and both have played uh on great teams so i think again it's the experience they're going to get from this team that's going to push them and then next year i think is when they're really going to get their playing time
1: yeah for sure i mean it seems like you know project guys nothing wrong with that Yes, yeah, what you uh, you draft these guys to develop them overall i think doyle's going to be a force in this league if he can beat that potential that we think that he can be because you know i think uh when he started his career out in college he was a center they, they converted yep. him to a prop so that's that's very encouraging for sure with his body type yep. uh Well, I was going to say, and New
4: York does have a, a, you know, they have guys like uh, um, uh, Connor Buckley, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and things like that who they do develop and have kept on the team and they've been getting more and more minutes as they've grown. So, I mean, they they are trying to take these guys and develop them to get them playing time. You know, it's not just like bring them on the academy and let them go. They want to make sure that their progression is good to make sure they're going to play for the team.
1: Sounds good, man. Um, Let's talk about the departures, though, for New York. Uh, some of the names that will be missed by you guys this coming season.
4: Well, I already mentioned Will Tucker going to be missed yes. um, going to the Highlanders. Wilton Ribolo is going to be sorely missed. He is a prop uh, uh, hooker um, out of Brazil. Uh, I believe he's the first Brazilian player to play on Western Force. Wow. Uh, he's a one. He's a great guy, uh, infectious smile. Two. He's a great rugby player, and having the ability to play, um, you know, prop and hooker, mm-hmm. always a good thing. Um, and you're gonna miss that. You know, you're gonna miss that swing guy. Um, even though he was taken up before a four player spot, it's so he's an international, you know, he starts for Brazil. That's tough to take. Um, Zach Tulafu won't be back with us. He's gonna be staying in France. Um, he was a great um teacher at prop, one of those guys who kind of knew he was on that that glory ride of his last couple seasons of playing before he hangs up the boots. Gotcha. Um, you know, but he was a good teacher to the young guys. Um, you know, it's It's tough, but hey, like especially Will and and Wilton to go and start and play in super rugby. Like this is what we want to see, right? They're gonna come here. This is okay. This is what we want to see right now. That's not what we want to see in the future. But right now, if you can come and, and play and start on Rooney, play a couple seasons move on to Super Rugby, move on to the French you know, Pro 2, things like that. Like it's, it's the boating walker
1: route, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You highlight your talents, and then you go somewhere that's going to pay you a lot more money than MLR can right now. But, yeah.
4: Exactly, and hopefully by the time the MLR can get you that money, mm-hmm. you guys are coming back around to kind to of pay it forward.
1: Yep, for sure. I, I'm in agreement with you 100%. That is right now where we are in the history of the league. Is, is We're not quite there yet, but hopefully if this thing continues growing like we hope it will, we will be there at some point. Um, let's talk about the retained players and the incoming players for New York. Who have they retained and who are they bringing in that the Rangers should be aware of? Who, who are the danger guys? Well, I mean,
4: you know, Chance Winklowski is coming back, USA Eagle prop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Nate Brinkley coming back. We, we mentioned uh, Connor Buckley. Um, we have a, a core group. Our Canadians are back. Andrew Coe and Quinn Nawadi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, baby shark. Ed Fidow's back, who was great and, you know, had had unfortunately had a tough end of the season where he injured his knee right mm-hmm. before the playoffs. Yes. Um, Nick Feek's coming over from NOLA. That's a big one for us. For um, sure. You know, he's Good a player. back three player. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Tucker coming over from Seattle to essentially take his brother, his younger brother's will will's place. Yeah, you know, the Tuckers are a, a rugby family. Their their younger mm-hmm. brother, the youngest brother, is also playing in New Zealand. Um, I mean, in my opinion, uh Brendan O'Connor was an unsung hero for the team. He's coming back at uh, at flanker. Um I mean, <laughs> Davite is coming over from Auckland Blues as a prop. That's a big one. Nice, nice. Um, you know, so I mean, we're we have a bunch of guys coming in. We've retained a bunch of guys. Troy Lockyer's coming back off of injury. He tore um hamstring i believe they're going to announce pago Heine soon um after his coming back off of his injury you know so i mean we a core group of guys coming in a bunch of replacements coming in but it's not like you know this massive turnover of players which is something we don't want to see exactly right? and we, we do yeah. and we don't normally see we don't normally see it in new england we don't normally see it in new orleans so mm-hmm. this is good that we're getting these players and even though they might be on year-to-year contracts they are coming back wanting to play for these teams
1: Yeah, Pago, a former Free Jack, uh, sounds like he might be resigning with you guys. I hate that injury for him last year, but he sounds like he's recovering well. That's good news. Um, In terms of, you know, you just mentioned some Canadian players. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Free Jacks have kind of stacked up with Canadian players. We're Canada South now, so it's going to be an interesting (laughs) dynamic for sure. At this point, I think we're at eight official departures for the Free Jacks, which seems like a lot, but last year there was a bunch more. So hopefully we'll keep that core uh group retained, and of course the resignings that have been announced it does seem like that is the case so it's encouraging on our end for sure but also encouraging for you guys i mean it sounds like you guys will be competitive again it's not like you're taking your foot off the gas after winning the championship uh last year the shield that is so that is awesome uh let's talk about a non-rugby question real quick actually two questions um thanksgiving was just this past thursday it was my birthday as well so that's pretty cool uh, thank you my friend um it was last Thursday, so let's go over what is your go-to side for Thanksgiving, and also your go-to pie that you have to have every single year.
4: All right, so I'm gonna—I got two answers for a side because right. I don't know if you've been through the YO Italian version of of you know Thanksgiving. But there's there's a couple different sides, so you got to go with the manicotti on the side. The what? Whatever, the manicotti what is that I never have manicotti <laughs> no. it's a, a like a circular uh pasta usually stuffed with regatta cheese in it and baked like oh okay a, a, like baked stuffed shells but they're in a cylindrical oh, okay. form yeah manicotti. so that would be my italian side Um, uh, my traditional thanksgiving side would be stuffing i'm a big stuffing guy in the bird nice. in the bird um and then pie <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good one um okay. i am a pie guy Key yeah. lime pie is my absolute favorite. Oh, I love traditional, that. Yeah. We're going traditional pie, um, probably pumpkin. a okay. like little whipped cream with pumpkin, and then if we're going Italian style, my dad makes an awesome cheesecake. He always brings it
1: out for Thanksgiving. Nice. So. Those are some good choices, right there. You know, since I don't eat any animal products anymore, it's kind of difficult. We try to do the best that we can over here, so we get it's just like eighty percent there. You know what I mean? Like when we cr- re- try to recreate the, the the traditional Thanksgiving stuff, so. Um, for me, it's I love key lime pie. It's not traditional, obviously, for Thanksgiving, but that's one of my all-time favorites. Um, my favorite pecan pie, huge. You know, obviously, a traditional Thanksgiving pie. I, that's my favorite. Always has been. Always will be. Uh, for sides, um, I will say that wh- where I grew up, we called it dressing, dressing. and that makes no sense. It makes no. zero sense when you think about it. It's it's literally stuffing. That's that's what it is. Dressing goes on a salad. So. I think uh, the, the South has to take the L on that one. I, I have to agree with the, the <laughs> Northerners on that. It, it is stuffing. But um, all right, let's get into some silly questions before we get into right. a couple more serious ones here. Um, let's say you win the lottery tonight, right? Uh, <laughs> and tomorrow <laughs> you decide to buy Rugby New York. I'm not sure how much money it would cost, but let's say you you front that money immediately. You, you you know get a briefcase and hand it over to the current owners and say, this is yours. I'm taking the club. What is the first thing that you do? What is your, you've got, I'm sure you got a checklist of things. What is the first thing that you do to make your club better?
4: Um, I think what we do is, is secure a better stadium. Obviously, you know, what mm-hmm. what people don't realize, and they think it's an easy thing when they're outside of New York, you have to think about how tight New York is with the amount of people, right? There's 30 yep. million people in the tri-state area. Yep. That means X amount of high schools, X amount of colleges, X amount of municipal fields, Um, and people don't necessarily want new things coming into their fields and stadiums, especially if if they don't Mm -hmm. understand it. So it's hard to explain to people, Hey, we have this rugby team who is a championship team who, you know, is in the fifth year of a new league who beat COVID like everybody else did in the league, you know, and came through, Mm -hmm. um, and say, we want to play rugby there, you know? And, and when they look up rugby, you know, maybe they're seeing the, 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 two percent hooligan side of rugby and the drinking and all that stuff and they say i don't want this here you know or they confuse it with soccer and see the hooliganism and Mm -hmm. say i don't want this here because in their mind it's a it's a european sport yeah so i think that that's the biggest thing i would change and that's also the biggest hurdle that we have every you know season to season here it's not easy we don't have just open fields where we can play you know and you know it's the, the other the other thing being Try putting a grass field in New York or New England all year <laughs> right. round without resodding it before yeah. the season, and we're starting seasons now in February. So you tell me, you're going to resod a field in January?
1: No, no not so possible. People
4: be, yeah, people have to be realistic of the yep. fact that this is such a big country that we're stuck with turf, especially in the Northeast, for mm-hmm. forever. As far as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, for sure, unless global warming warming hurries up. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Exactly. It's more of a gradual thing. Um yeah, for sure. I mean, you're making good points. You are the second we've had two correspondents on including yourself. You are the second correspondent uh that mentioned a stadium, right? You that is something that absolutely has to be secured for a lot of these um these these clubs that are they, you know, unfortunately with with uh, you know, rugby New York being as um, you know, high, elevated as they are right now, being the champions, it's just a real shame that you guys don't have that stadium that you could have announced months ago for your fans to be like, okay, this is where we're gonna be. And the away fans know exactly where they need to go, all that sort of stuff. But as you're saying, you know, there's a lot of challenges in the tri-state area for that to 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 come together. And it, you know, it's just as a real shame. So that definitely makes sense as being your number one thing. Getting a rugby specific stadium for New York would be unbelievable. It would be a game changer, right? Absolutely. For sure. Um, next question here. We like this is more of the GM side of it. Let's say you know, Stephen Lewis calls you tomorrow and says, you know, I'm retiring, big guy. I'm gonna let you take over my duties for you. Um, <laughs> what is your first move and what position do you strengthen to and who do you realistically bring in?
4: I would say I wouldn't say this is strengthening the position as much as it's augmenting the guys we already have there. So center Jason Emery, who has just resigned. Fossey right. Fuatai, who I believe is re-signing. Great centers, right? But they're kind of the, the smaller, steppier, shiftier centers. What I would do is is realistically try and bring back Will Leonard, who's kind of this the straight shooter, hard-charging yeah. center. And again, that's not to say Fossey or Jason aren't great players. I mean, they brought us to a championship paired at the center just about every match. But mm-hmm. I think just changing it up a little bit and depending on who we're playing and the size and, and the style of play – Throwing in a guy like Will Leonard can either do, do two things. One, on the defensive side, I mean, he converts like 99% of his tackles. And then on the offensive side with the ball in hand, he just runs that straight kind of smash mouth. And that kind of yep. so sometimes sets the tone, maybe changes the feeling on the pitch for, for your team and the away team. Um, just that hard charging football. And again, kind of augmenting, not necessarily upgrading. But I think he'd be my first guy. And he's realistic. He's in the league. You know, he, he live he lives here. He likes playing here. So I think that would be a realistic
1: pickup for sure. That's that's a good one for sure. Uh, let's talk about your dream away trip for New York. We've been doing this on our side here. A lot of the guys said Seattle. Some people said, uh, San Diego, which has, you know, wonderful weather, of course, but for New York schedule in 2023, what is your dream away trip and why is it?
4: Well, I mentioned it on the podcast, uh, tonight on the rugby rant. Uh, I'm going to say Chicago. The reason being, uh, Me, uh, Rob Hammerschmidt, and Ty Braga have never met in person. No kidding. Ever. ever. Um, So because New York is going out to Chicago, Rob has uh, been gracious enough to invite me into his home to stay there, and we're going to go to that match. It also happens to be the 40th anniversary of his rugby club, the Blaze Rugby Club, and they're playing the first team that they played 40 years ago in in an Old Boys match uh, prior to that match, I believe, in Chicago. So that's my dream one this year.
0: That's um, I always
4: want to go down to NOLA. Uh, I have a lot of friends down there through their mm-hmm. fan club. Uh, ATL as well might be on the list this year. Obviously, I come up to Massachusetts as, as best I can uh, yeah. for, for the matches against New England and see all you lovely people up there who I love seeing that come mm-hmm. down as well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to say this year it's Chicago and I'm making it happen.
1: Very good. I mean, you're you're kind of alluding to, you know, you have been to Fort Union Point. I don't think you made it to Fort Quincy last year. Not yet, Is that going to take place? Is that a definite? I'm trying. I'm trying. As, <laughs> okay. as
4: Phil knows, I have three uh, teenage kids, yes. so it's a, it gets crazy, but yeah. I try my best.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, speaking of the New York Stadium situation, do you have any updates for the Expeditionary Forces of the 1st Regiment that will be making the trip um, – to you guys, to come see you at some point, I do not
4: have anything specific, but what I would say is if you can get a deal in Manhattan, that's always a central point. If you have to mm. go out to Brooklyn or Queens, it's a yep. subway train. If you have to go to New Jersey, it's the path train out to Hoboken. If you have to go a little bit uh, into Westchester, you could take the Metro North train. And so, Westchester's above the Bronx. Yeah, I've heard oh, okay. uh, uh, some rumors that there's a stadium, there's a there's I know there's a stadium in Mount Vernon, New York that was just renovated where they used to play. Um, high school football big games okay. though back in the 70s and 80s they huh. finally i mean they've, they've been renovating that stadium i'm not joking since i was like five or six i'm now 35 <laughs> they finally completed it so i heard that might be an option and again it's just a it's just a 20 30 minute train ride on the metro north which is just yeah a commuter train instead of the subway so i think if you centralize somewhere you know in manhattan that's affordable to you um you can take mass transit to pretty much anywhere you'll need to be for a stadium
1: for sure yeah i was just down there in new jersey around the meadowlands last weekend and i you know nice we were driving back and went through you know like yonkers and uh, westchester as you're talking oh you're about. by my hood bro nurse yeah 70s. i was yeah, yeah yeah, for sure for sure yeah so um yeah i'm sure there's places around there is that could uh service as a as a good stadium for you guys that sounds promising mm-hmm. but what you're talking about there so hopefully that is the case um Uh, alcohol sales would be nice, but, uh, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's just find a pitch to play at. (laughs) Right. Right. For sure. All right. Uh, final difficult question, if you will, what is your way too early win loss prediction for the regular season for your New York? Are you guys the roosters yet? Or is that still not a thing?
4: There's no, yeah. The roosters was unofficial. So the way that happened is in 2019, uh, Luke Hume, Mm -hmm. former Rooney player, when they had the old color scheme, the orange was prominent and he said they look like roosters and they even had like a little (laughs) hand signal for the roosters. And then thus we called each other, the rooster boosters. Yes. Unofficial nickname. Um, I know that New York has been looking to have a nickname, have a name, um, other than rugby, New York. Um, Mm -hmm. again, this is, well, sorry, it's real quick. This is the team that puts a lot of effort to things on the field. Yes. Sometimes I think some of these marketing things get lost. Um, but i know that that was a that was a a thought last year going into this year when it when it'll happen don't really know uh
1: we did a rant uh last episode about how lame it is that new york and atlanta don't have an official mascot that should be a part of the uh, official name of the club i just think that is really something that they're lacking for sure and i, I hope uh truly that they do get a mascot at some point soon but back to the question itself uh the regular season prediction win loss prediction for your new york blanks and do they repeat as champions in 23
4: um i'll say they do well enough to make the playoffs whether it's one two or three i'm not quite sure okay and then in the playoffs it's it's who knows it's who's hot and who's not i would love to be the hot team going into the playoffs again and winning mm-hmm. um that's the expectation we set every year i'm pretty yes. sure that's the expectation dallas fans have for this year if, if you're not a fan <laughs> yeah. rooting for your team to do well enough to get to the playoffs to win to the championship sure. you shouldn't be a fan um so that's, that's where I'm going. I'm going to say we make the playoffs, and I'll be happy if we repeat.
1: Uh, hope, hope springs eternal in the offseason for sure. And I'm sure Dallas fans uh, are out there saying, yeah, we're going to win it all, baby. But uh, I like to hear early, uh, way too early win loss prediction. So what's, uh, uh, what's the breakdown here?
4: I think five, uh, 11 and 5 was realistic last year. Like I said, okay. we had some injury concerns um, about midway through the season. You lose your fullback, you lose a center. And by the time we got replacements in to cover those, you know, it was it was touch and go there for three or four matches and then we got the replacements in to cover. So I think eleven and five is a realistic good number for this year. And I think it would get us into the playoffs again.
1: Sure, would I, I agree with that 100? Uh, a lot of our guys are saying free jacks, uh, 12 and four, 11 and five, so around that realm, as you guys probably they're about somewhere in the end there, we will probably see each other in the playoffs, oh, which is exciting absolutely. again. If we don't,
4: it, it'll be disappointing, I'll put
1: it that for way for sure. You know, absolutely. I think the minimum expectation for the free jacks should be to make the playoffs and then see what happens. I would say, let's get to the uh the whole the the championship final but that might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit too much uh way too early predictions obviously here but uh let's do one word association before we get you out of here scott it's been a blast so far so um in this word and word association i'm going to say one or two words the first thing that pops in your mind one word let me know what it is okay all right philadelphia Ugh. Oh,
4: that's the <laughs> word ugh
1: <laughs> i agree for the most part on that roosters
4: Roosters. Let's go, baby! Hell
1: yeah, hell yeah! Next one is Matt McCarthy. <laughs> it's
4: gonna be it's gonna be more than one word. It's, I love Matt. He's a great. He's a, like literally a great dude. For all the shit people give him as an announcer, he's been doing this this pushing rugby in in this type of environment for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's just a great dude. If if you ever meet him in
1: person, I agree a thousand percent. Uh, the next one is rugby
4: uh, rant. Just because yeah. we had our rant come out tonight.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. It is out there for everybody to listen to. Uh, the next one is Ohio State. Ugh. <laughs> he rolls his eyes. I, 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 you don't
4: like. Okay, you understand. You, you yes, understand,
1: Phil. Yes. you understand.
4: I don't know if a rugby audience understands it. They, you know, there's rivalries in rugby, and there's rivalries, especially in Super Rugby, that are intense. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think people understand the hate. Like when it, when a, a guy from Ohio goes to play in Michigan, he will be yep. booed for the rest of his life. Charlie Woodson and 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 um, Desmond Howard were booed in in Columbus. The, their entire show. They had both had our pre shows in Columbus. Booed every time they spoke. That yep. when they walk through Ohio and people recognize them, they get booed. Yes, there's there's a there's a, a hate that I don't think rugby fans understand, mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll get that type of hate with New England and New York
1: soon. Hell yeah, fun. That, fun. that's always what we're we're hoping for. But yeah, you didn't give us a, a one word association on uh, Buckeyes. Uh, I'll just say suck eyes. How about that? So
4: that's perfect. Suck eyes. Yeah, I Excellent. can't even I can't. even. It's uh, the things I want to say. <laughs> what do you call it? What do you call? What do you call a Buckeye with a championship ring?
1: I don't know. Tell me a
4: thief. <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom always told me I'm better off yelling. Go blue from the suburbs instead of go Buckeyes from a trailer park.
1: There you go. Beautiful. I love that. Um, next one is Rob Hammersmith, your buddy friend. I mean, he's like,
4: literally talk about Mm -hmm. becoming friends with a person, not meeting them. I mean, we talk every day. I have a a relationship with his his kids. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, his wife's lovely. We talk, you know, it's, it's one of those, like we talk every day and not about rugby. We just talk like regular, like me and my friends for the block. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. The relationship me and him have after three years and not never physically meeting each other.
1: I'll tell you, we're very lucky to have both of you guys as, you know, friends and, and colleagues within this whole thing that we're doing here because you're awesome and he's awesome. So it's just really cool to have both of you guys helping us out here as correspondents on the show. Um, next one is Free Jacks. Last one.
4: Boo. <laughs> always going to boo. I'm always going to
1: boo that's fair it's fair it's fair we're, we're friends off uh at, when when the final whistle blows we're all friends here but when it's go time and prior to the game a little trash talk is a beautiful thing folks it should be spread throughout rugby culture and it should be appreciated maybe not to the extent of clemson and carolina or ohio state and michigan those keep it things civil, but yeah keep it real civil but ultimately you know it's a lot of fun to trash talk you guys i know it's the same way on your end to us all right pal that'll do it any final thoughts um for the rangers um, out there
4: just excited to get the season going i'm, I'm excited oh, yeah. as every team is coming out with their signings and who's coming in and who's coming back and who's leaving and this whole chicago thing and another team uh, george killabrew talked about coming in in 2024 um you know and we don't know where that's going to be um hopefully any it's guesses be another- on that I have a feeling I've heard grumblings about Philly. Now, a lot of people talked about St. Louis. Yeah. But from what I know, I believe that St. Louis ownership group is the same group that was looking into Chicago. So I think it was oh. up in the air, so, okay. You know, depending on where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was, prior to, to Chicago starting, there was a first ownership group interested in going to Chicago. That didn't pan out. So I have a feeling this Chicago Hounds group was looking in St. Louis as this first group was going through ENA. Then once that ENA ran out, they went back to where they wanted to be.
1: In gotcha.
4: So I'm saying I'm thinking Philly, keeping keeping it down the Eastern Seaboard there.
1: Interesting with Philadelphia, your buddy. I'm surprised he's not in here cheerleading for you. Your buddy Jason Zimmerman, I think is his name. Yes, uh, yes, he's yes. A, he's a PA guy. Is he gonna divide his loyalty uh, between New York and Philadelphia if, if they get a team? That's a
4: that's a good question. I'm not sure. Listen, I have you know, there's plenty of guys on here. Um, uh, my friend Sue, you know, she was a Seattle stalwart. And as soon, yep. you know, she lives in the Virginia area. As soon as soon as uh, DC came along, Sue Parks was like, "Well, I'm obviously going to root for OGs." Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so listen, if if I don't mind that, that's one of the things I don't mind. If you're gonna, yeah. if, if a team comes in your area and you're going to change allegiances, do it that first season and make sense okay in my book.
1: Yeah, for sure, absolutely, I agree, Scott. This has been a blast as always. Uh, hope to have you on very, very soon here on the. Definitely. I almost forgot the name of the show. the The Jacks Rangers. What the hell? I do another show. It's a collegiate show, but anyway. Uh, with that being said, I've got one word for all the Rangers out there. In three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Sorry for that delay. I didn't realize that there was a uh, a fade to black that lasted like what seemed like three seconds there. We've got Brian Ray as our very special guest on this Storm Along unfiltered interview here. Brian is one of the head honchos over there at the America's Rugby News. He is our correspondent that covers Toronto, but he's in Halifax. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. Brian, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right. Good to be back. Yeah, happy to have you here, of course. Let's talk about Toronto real quick, but actually before we get to that, let's talk about your personal background with rugby. I know that we've done this before, but for the Rangers out there that might be, this is your their first time seeing you on the screen here, give us a quick rundown of your personal and rugby background, please.
0: Uh, <laughs> I started playing rugby a long, long time ago, yep. uh, played all through high school, university, men's. I uh, got up to kind of provincial level, but then uh, I've been writing about rugby for almost as long, kind of started long before I was uh, finished playing, also refereed for several years, coached, mm-hmm. uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've been around for a while, uh, we'll put it that, I've been running America's Rugby News since uh, 2015. Incredible. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the very short summer. Brian, I,
1: I don't know how old you, are. I don't know if you're in my age group or not. Are you close to 38? or? or no? I'm a little bit north of there. Okay, fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I was just like, I don't know if I'm his same age or what. I I mean, I guess for most people, if they just look at both of us, they're like probably the same age group. Who knows? Um, let's talk about real quickly what's going on with America's Rugby News, a very, very excellent website for MLR and beyond. Uh, what? When can we expect the uh, preview articles for each team as well?
0: All right. Well, I probably won't run those previews probably till you know, the regular season doesn't start till what, second week of February. So I would expect mm-hmm. the, the previews to come out. Uh, yeah, first week of February, that kind of thing, maybe end of January. But I'll have an off-season update of ran one on uh, Utah so far, and nice. I've been kind of chipping away behind the scenes in the other ones. Those will be out probably, uh, probably this week, I would expect, okay. on all the rest of the team. So we'll certainly have something on the, the Free Jacks. I mean, most of their rosters out now anyway, so kind of an easy yes. one.
1: Excellent. Yeah, so we'll definitely retweet that because you do excellent work uh, there with covering the MLR. Uh, we've talked about Slara as well on this show many, many times.
0: Uh, they've gained two North American teams. Is that is that correct? Well, I mean, <laughs> they were supposed to have an announcement at the end of October, and we heard a long before that that there was going to be an American team, presumably the American Raptors, and a Canadian team, presumably right. the Pacific Pride, but we're mm-hmm. still waiting for the uh, official decision. Uh, you know, there was kind of a holdup deciding between uh, what – they were adding another Argentine team, so they were kind of deciding which one of, okay. of two provinces to add. So you know, we're kind of waiting, but I'm told it'll be pretty soon. I was just added to the, uh, the like the media list distribution list. so I'm assuming that's a hint that things are coming pretty soon. Very good. Will that be
1: in only in Spanish? You're gonna have to Google Translate that bad boy. What do you think? <laughs>
0: I've been working on uh, reading basic uh, all all the basic stuff that I need to know.
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, let's talk about Toronto. Your Toronto
0: Arrows finished the
1: regular season middle of the road in fourth place in the Eastern Conference with 41 points. Eight wins and eight losses with a point differential of 24, missing out on the playoffs again, but a memorable memorable win at home over the high-flying Free Jacks. I think I was one of like three Free Jacks fans that were in attendance for that game. Probably the worst performance uh, the Free Jacks put in all year. Uh, what were your overall thoughts about the Toronto Aeros season last year?
0: Yeah, I think uh, overall you have to say a little bit disappointing. Uh, it just mm. didn't work out. You know, the way things, uh, you know, maybe we're looking towards uh, at the beginning of the season. Certainly we were pretty hopeful heading into the year, but uh, uh, I think they had, uh, you know, a pretty rough streak. Whereas at the beginning of the season, they just and, and kind of re- had a run at the playoffs at the end. But there was a couple really bad games. I think Houston was a bad loss, poor performance mm-hmm. there. And there was another one at home. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was New York where they just didn't put anything together. Uh, when they really needed to. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen a reflection of that in the offseason, guys. We had a new coach, uh, Pete Smith, in last year. So, uh, right. you know, maybe he had a few learnings during the season, lessons, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think they, they kind of recognized that things were getting maybe a little bit stale. So you've seen a big turnover in the roster heading into this yes. season. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I think everyone's pretty much on the same page as to how last season went uh, below expectations for sure we were
1: kind of hoping over here that toronto would be you know in the hunt for a playoff spot hopefully knocking out maybe atlanta or you know new jersey uh uh you know to to fill out those playoff spots but of course it unfortunately didn't happen uh let's talk about the future though toronto selected three in the collegiate draft this uh this year talk about those guys and what do you think they'll be will they be impact players perhaps uh for 2023 or, or maybe beyond
0: No, I think these are all pretty much future guys. Uh, Owen Rutan, the flanker, is their first round guy. And he's the one, I mean, he's the only one of the three who's actually signed to an MLR deal at the moment. And he's definitely, uh, in terms of being ready for MLR, he'd be the one uh, good, just hard nosed flanker. He's captained UBC, good size, can play either side in the scrum. It just seems to be in perpetual motion. So he's one of those guys. Now, I don't think he's going to, you know, come in and and be a star right away. Um, We got some pretty, Amazing flankers as it is. Uh, uh, Lucas Rumble, of course, most people are uh, fan or have, have seen what he yep. can do with the breakdown. A real pain in the butt. Uh, James O'Neill, another one, pure open side flanker who's all over the ball. Uh, Mason Flash, he was in, injured most of last year. Blindside, he's a big fella, six foot five and still uh, putting on he's put on some weight in the off season while he's been injured. So I think he's one to watch this coming season. So I think Rutan, you know, he's going to play here or there. I don't think he's going to get a huge amount of minutes. Mm -hmm. The other two, Gabe Casey, who's kind of a super utility back can play anywhere from 10 to 15. Big guy, six foot three. Uh, He's got pretty good skills. He actually played outside center for the U 20 side um, and and was pretty good at it. But lately he's been playing more like 10, 15. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, another one who's kind of – he'll he'll have to work his way into the squad. And Denver Fat, the prop, uh, great name for a prop. Uh, no doubt. He's he's the youngest uh, of the three. He's only uh, 22 years old, just turned 22. So he's more of a guy for the future. Uh, he's got good mobility for a, a big fella, big frame. So he'll fill out a little more, and I would expect he'll make more of an impact uh, in a couple of years from now.
1: Gotcha. So it sounds like Toronto went with uh, guys that could help them in the future, not right away, which is perfectly fine. I mean, that's kind of what the draft is for, right? Unless you're in like maybe the first couple picks or unless you find yourself some sort of gym later on, you're you're expecting those guys to develop in future years. Tell us about the departures for Toronto. Obviously, some of these guys are going to be wearing red, white white, and blue, and we're super excited about them in 2023. But uh, who are some of the names that y'all will be
0: missing? Yeah, well, I mean, the Free Jacks, uh, you know, th- thank you very much taken taking away <laughs> from Cole Keith and Andrew yes. Quachet out of our front row. Uh, yep. They've got, uh, well, Benny Lasage, I guess, who played for LA, not Toronto last year, but he's still an ex-Arrow, certainly mm-hmm. uh, missing him as another uh, midfielder uh, or a back, I should say. I don't want to give too much away, who I think is on the Ooh. way to New England soon okay. uh, from the Arrows. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of guys uh, have gone away. Um, certainly the front row, losing Keith and and Quatrin is a blow. Now we have got some replacements for them, thankfully. Second row, I mean, is a uh, big change there. Paul Cellini, I'm not sure that he's coming back or not. Hasn't been signed yet. Uh, certainly a very large figure in there. Um, Tom, Tommy De La Vega, who's been that star Argentine flank for the past, you know, three seasons. He's gone back to Argentina. Uh, number eight, Ronan Foley, Irish guy, a uh, very good ball carrier. He's departed, gone back to Ireland. Uh, last year we had about 12 people playing scrum half. <laughs> yeah, um, Ross Brody's back. Cole Brown played one game, he's back. But a lot they were of gonna Ross have to Brown's call you gone. up, Ryan. I think oh, they were unbelievable. Have to give you a call. I've yeah. been doing some stretching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Will Kelly, fly the young fly half. Uh, he's gone to England um Ueta tufunga and denon robinson bartlett the two kiwis in the back line have both left matthew hood the australian guy in the back line gaston mieres are flying Uruguayan outside back super fun He's gone back to uruguay so a wow. lot of changes a lot of players and there's some other local guys who haven't been signed up yet so it's going to very much be a, a new look arrows team in 2023
1: I mean, it sure sounds like I know the Free Jacks have eight confirmed. I know that you probably know much more than that uh, as being like the predominant MLR pundit as far as I'm concerned. But confirmed, the Free Jacks have eight guys that will be departing. That's not a lot compared to Toronto. You're listing off a lot of names there, man. Are you a little concerned about that? I mean, obviously, um, they, they, this is the opportunity for new guys to come in and whatnot. But does that
2: scare you a little bit?
0: Yes and no. I uh, okay. mean, um, yeah. Anytime you have that much turnover, and we saw that with the Free Jacks before, where you, you, when you turn mm-hmm. over a lot of guys, it's it's you know it takes some time to get everybody all on the same page, and, and normally you would expect to see that. Certainly, this past year, I expected there was a lot of turnover. I expected the Free Jacks to not quite click until uh, you know midpoint of the season. Got that one wrong. Yep. <laughs> That's a credit to uh, Scott Matthew and the coaching sure. staff. They certainly yep. had them running from day one, which was very impressive. So I'm hopeful we'll see the same for the arrows this year, but yep. uh, we'll see maybe the longer preseason will help. But yeah, anytime you get rid of a bunch of, and a lot of these guys who've departed have been there for a while. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Cole Keith has been a staple on that side. Andrew Quatran since Quatren, yep. before they were even the uh, in MLR, right? So Paul Cellini, another one, if he's not back. So, uh, you know, That's that's a big change. It's a little bit daunting, but there is some quality uh, coming in. So, you know, it's just going to take some time to get used to. And we'll see how uh, Pete Smith in his second year as coach adjusts. And I'm hearing, you know, Francois Rattier, who is the former, uh, he's coached the men's and women's national teams in this country. Highly, highly esteemed coach. I'm hearing he's going to have a little bit more influence in the side. So that's a positive thing if that's happening. So, yeah, still still lots to look forward to this season, but a lot more question marks than we're used to uh, for the Arrows.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's talk about the retained and incoming players for Toronto. Who are those guys? Who have they retained and who are they bringing in that the Rangers should be aware of?
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, in the front row, you look at the two Kiwi props, Lolani Faliva. He was more of a reserve last year. He's a gigantic human being. He's one of the biggest guys, if not the biggest in MLR. He's, you know, 6'5", 285 plus uh and Isaac Sam the tight head who's just a, a rock there quietly one of the better tight heads in MLR I thought last season uh he's back Jack McRogers, the young uh, hooker who played second string to, to quatron uh very mobile guy actually led the team in tries last year he's back uh Mike Shepard everybody loves him uh, the angry beard yeah. uh you know he'll be back and I think he'll have a different role I don't think he'll be the captain this year um you know he's getting up there a little bit in age Adrian Wadden Big 6-6 six, six second row. He's been playing in the offseason. He's been playing in Hong Kong. Oh, wow. Getting some extra minutes. So that's cool. – Good for him. Rumble, everybody knows him. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill uh, kind of had a, you know, I think a pretty good season. His first run with the team last year. Um, he's back. So, a really good quality groundhog type seven. Mentioned Ross Brody, the, the scrum half of South African. he's going to have some competition for a spot this year, which is nice. Mitch Richardson, he's kind of a jack of all trades in the back line. Uh, he's back. Good experience. Uh, and Kobe Faust, and, uh, he, he's really coming up uh he's playing actually in this uh, university uh championships that are played out in vancouver right now um and sammy malcolm i almost forgot him <laughs> so, you know, the, it was mr super boots himself um, yes interesting to see where he'll play this year though uh you know we've seen him at 10 we've seen him at 15 i think with the addition of shane o'leary that we might see him a little bit more fullback but uh it's okay. nice to have options
1: oh for sure absolutely um Let's kind of divert for a moment away from rugby. You know, Christmas is coming up. In the previous two correspondence episodes that we've done here, I'll talk about Thanksgiving, but that's, you know, uh, in the past at this point. So Christmas is coming up. What is your
0: favorite Christmas movie and favorite Christmas tradition? Favorite Christmas movie. Um, I'm going to have to say A Christmas Story. Okay. Uh, I, just, I hope people aren't familiar with that one where the young lad gets his His rider, uh, (laughs) Red Rider, right? Yes. The the, the, the Red wants to shoot people's eyes (laughs) out. Yes, that's (laughs) a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's probably my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, Christmas tradition. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, I mean, it was always fun to open one present on Christmas Eve. I guess that's probably a a common one. Personally, Mm -hmm. these days, it's probably more like the the rum on Christmas Eve.
1: Very good, Brian. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, I think it's uh, Christmas vacation, the Griswolds. uh, I watch it every single year. Um, But yeah, opening up a present on Christmas Eve has been a family tradition in my family for a long time. We love that one. Um, Speaking of like Christmas gifts, this might be kind of fun for you here. Um, If you win the lottery tonight, I'm not sure if Nova Scotia has a lottery, but let's just, you know, let's say it does. And tomorrow you buy the arrows. Um, What is the first thing that you do to make the club better?
0: Uh, It depends how much money it was. (laughs) If it was a whole lot of money, I would tear down uh, that horrible stadium downtown and build a new one, hopefully with a little bit of a dome on it so we could play earlier in the season and not have uh, this crazy broken up season. That is the third person we've had. The, you're our third correspondent that
1: we've uh, interviewed so far, and you're the third one that has said stadium. I mean, it, it just kind of points out how important that is to the whole fan experience and ha- the success of MLR, Really, is it has to? We have to have rugby-specific stadiums down the road that are right downtown in the markets that they're claiming to be from. Right? I mean, that's super important. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good one for sure. Um, let's say tomorrow you get a call from Toronto and you've been hired as the new GM, okay? Uh, What's your first move? What position do you strengthen? And who do you realistically bring in to do that?
0: Um, Well, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys, a good core of the squad now. Uh, I like the outside backs. um, I'd probably look for another beefy second row Well, maybe on the taller side look for a, a real line out specialist I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure we quite have that Adrian Wadden's the tallest guy at 6'6 six, six. I think mm-hmm. we could do with someone along the lines I think last time I mentioned a Stan Vanden Oven type you know a six seven, six eight guy yeah he's just a banker I think would be a a nice addition to the squad. And I mean, we need a loose head prop since Cole Keith is gone. We need somebody there. We've got one, <laughs> Faliva. We've got Connor Grindle coming in from Australia, but he's quite inexperienced. So I'd definitely cool. be looking for another one of those.
1: Let's talk about that Exodus for a moment. Is that just something organizationally or? you know you know the the current players that have been there forever that have left are they just looking for a new experience do you have any insight on that
0: a little a a little b i think Uh, you know when you're hanging out with the same guys all that's especially when you spent that entire year 2021 hanging out all you know cooped up in atlanta you kind of get sick of guys i would think after a while (laughs) uh and you know sometimes it's just good to get a change of scenery that's my Take on it. I'm sure everybody has different ones, but I Mm -hmm. I, I see it as uh, kind of a a mutual thing. Players want to, you know, try something different. I mean, you know, it's it's not often it's certainly in rugby. It's kind of a new thing in North America where you can travel around and get paid to play rugby somewhere that isn't your hometown. That's that's Mm -hmm. a pretty uh, unique experience as a young man. So, uh, I think a little bit of that, but also I think a little bit from the organization. They knew they needed to kind of freshen things up and change the scenery a bit uh, to kind of get out of this kind of a uh, streak of mediocrity the past couple of years.
1: It's a great way to put it. I don't really consider that as the organization kind of wants to bring in new players to make sure that they don't have that mediocre stank on them. You know, they don't want to. Uh, Toronto does, or any team really. In in the life of MLR, you have to have fans in the seats, and fans want to see wins, right? So you got to get guys in there that want to win, and you know uh, have a fresh start with the organization all that sort of stuff is you know great points for sure let's talk about i don't i don't know if you've been to any away games i mean it's Nova Scotia's is pretty far out there i mean i'm sure you've been to toronto's home games at least one or two right
0: yeah, yeah I, I haven't been uh well a couple of years i guess I, i've been down to the york side i went to the old Lamport, the one that was downtown that i'd love to tear up uh you know i actually went to the vegas weekend okay uh, yep. yeah which is great except i got covid straight after that so oh bummer yeah, <laughs> yeah um, uh so that was interesting uh yeah but i'm, I'm planning on getting I've, I've definitely got uh fort quincy circled as one of the places i need to get to uh pretty soon Absolutely, the other spots but uh yeah it, it's not easy it's it's you know it, it's expensive to get around and certainly the it's pandemic true. put a put a damper on traveling for a while so mm-hmm. but uh we're starting to creep our way out of that whole business now so it's probably time to start hitting the road this coming season
1: Speaking of which, what is your dream away trip for Toronto's
0: schedule in 2023? Is it uh, Fort Quincy? Ah, My dream away trip. Hmm. Uh, I've I've never been to New Orleans. I'm dying to get there. Okay. uh, I'd like to do that one. Certainly, uh, you know, Toronto, Boston, in Boston sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of those two definitely are up there, I think.
1: Love that, yeah. I think you're going to get a better atmosphere at Fort Quincy. I mean, we're a little biased up here, but uh, yeah, I think that would be a blast. <laughs> and you don't have to go that far away. I mean, it's not a huge, huge. I, I,
0: are, is there direct
2: flights uh, to uh, Nova Scotia to Boston? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, but, okay. You know, yeah, good,
0: good. good it's good. not the, the the longest drive ever in the world, too, if I really wanted to. But yeah, I'm gotcha. probably All just right. fly.
1: Very good, very good. Uh, what can we? Ken, uh, uh, excuse me. So that was kind of brings me to the point. Is May twenty seventh? Can we expect you to visit Fort Quincy Um, and uh, yeah, what, would you be an honorary judge of the best maple syrup contest?
0: <laughs> well, I'm always down for that. Uh, we'll see what, what happens. I'm planning on traveling definitely in March. I mean, the work schedule is a little bit crazy for me, sure. so I have to kind of manage that with uh, what I want to do on the weekend. So uh, it's a little too far for me to predict uh, May, but I'm definitely traveling somewhere in March and, and not necessarily to an Arrows game. I could just okay. get down to Boston uh, you know, on, on one of those weekends. So we'll see what happens.
1: Very good, man. Uh, that would be great to have you there as an honorary judge of the maple syrup contest that we want to have, uh, USA versus Canada. If you can't make it, maybe next year. Uh, let's talk about your way too early win-loss predictions. So we've already done this on this show. Uh, a lot of us said 11-5. and five, Some of us said 12-4 uh, and four for the Free Jacks, that is. But what is your way too early predictions for the regular
0: season for Toronto? And do you think they finally make it back to the playoffs in 23? Oh man, this is definitely on the way too early category. Uh, yeah. You know, looking at the other squads, uh, New England looks great, but uh, again, there's some questions with them. Anytime yes. you're losing, you know, a guy like Bodin Waka, uh, you know, as sure. as impressed as I am with 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 uh, Jason Patros who's coming in, he's he looks very very good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh you know that's a big one. So. Uh, you know, I think there's things to see, and Mitch Jacobson, also an outstanding addition. So I'm, I'm certain yes. that New England will be tough either way. I think NOLA is going to be vastly improved this year. Yes, um, I'm waiting to see who all is coming back to New York. I don't have the inside line on everybody. Certainly, they've you know, Emery and Fuatai and the centers are, are back, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that Heighton, they're 10, and we'll see. They got some good second rows they stacked they seem to be stacked there so yes, New are. York will be tough I, I, the east is just looking very very difficult again it's so brutal yeah um i think it's going to be one of these where it comes down to like one or two games again like we've seen the past couple of years so it's hard for me to to predict but again toronto's schedule uh it's super backloaded like all their home games are towards the second half of the season so it really Mm -hmm. depends on those first five weeks how they do in the season i think uh that'll kind of decide if they're going to make the playoffs or not i think it's gonna be close so I'm gonna go. I'll say nine and seven regular season record. Okay. I don't know if that'll be good enough to make playoffs or not. Right. So yeah,
1: it's gonna to be tough. It was good enough for Seattle, but they had two teams disqualified yeah. uh, in uh, front of them, so that's something good to asterisk a- a- there. Keep a- yeah, for sure. Uh, let's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty good. I want to see Toronto improve. Like. I've asked you this before. Are we rivals? And I don't think – I mean, we are in the sense that we're both in the Eastern Conference, and when we play each other, the games matter more than if it was, you know, uh, from one conference to the other. In that sense, we are rivals, but I don't really see you guys as – you're you are too damn friendly. That's – for the first and foremost, <laughs> you guys are too friendly, right, uh, to be considered rivals. But, uh, yeah, I kind of want you guys to do well because I don't like New York. I can't stand them. Excuse me, New Jersey. That's what they should be called. That's where they play. That's probably where they're going to play, so New Jersey. And no. Atlanta. Gets under my seat. It may not be New Jersey this season. Perhaps not. Um, uh, One could hope. I just want them to have alcohol sales. I don't give a damn where they play. They can play in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I don't give a damn. They just need some alcohol in that that stadium okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh ultimately what i'm saying is you know i don't really consider you guys huge rivals but you are in a sense
0: i think this year might be a little different looking at the number of canadians and x arrows on your team so i think that's gonna add a little bit of extra spice in this matchup i think that's really maybe the big rivalry that'll be this year new england toronto i think it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: I want to see you guys in the playoffs uh, just so you can knock New Jersey or Atlanta out of there. Um, that's that's my official position. But, yes, it is true that we are Canada South now. You guys are Canada North. So it's like a Canadian Civil War. Um, so it should be very interesting when these two get together. Um, I've got one-word association, then we'll get you out of here. So this is the storm along one-word association. I'm going to say one or two words here. And the first thing that pops in your mind, one word, let me know what it is. All right? Here oh, we go. I'm terrible at this. Canada
0: cold (laughs) arrows Uh, super (laughs)
1: all right the next one is matt mccarthy your boy
0: Uh, i get this one every i I always say shiny so i need a new name a new one a new (laughs) one um let's see
1: loud Yes, I agree. You could always go with smartass, too. That's technically two words, but I think it uh, is very descriptive of him. Uh, the next one is going to be rugby.
0: Rugby, rugby, rugby. Um, Let's see. Stale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that a commentary on the, the current laws of rugby? A little or... bit. A little All bit, right. yeah. Fair enough. The next one is maple leafs
0: ah uh, oh man I, I probably would say underachievers is that one word or two
1: <laughs> that i think we can go with hopeless hopeless that's a better hopeless. word oh boy that's tough yeah it's tough to be a Maple leafs fans uh final one is free jacks mysterious Ooh, okay okay i like that i like that um champions would be nice but unfortunately <laughs> that's that other team we'll, in the we'll northeast. see yeah yeah that for this year hopefully for sure in twenty three, um, any message out there? Uh, I'm gonna open the floor here for a moment. So you got any message for the Rangers, the Free Jacks
0: fans out there? I think you guys have a lot to look forward to. Uh, You know, Quincy, for Quincy's back, you saw that whole experience last year. I thought that's a a terrific uh, setup Mm -hmm. we've got now. You know, if they can deal with those lines in the fields, it's going to be a real quality (laughs) venue. So you have that to look for. You know, lots of things going off the field. They've got this new gym set up, everything all in kind of one location. So that's Mm -hmm. really nice. Some really, uh, you know, exciting new additions. We'll see how they they mix in with the team. And uh, you know, again, you can send your cards of thanks to the arrows for sending our best players down there uh, <laughs> and learn some Canadian while you're at it, because you're gonna have a lot of them on your team this year. So, right. uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great year for uh, New England. We'll see if they're, you know, in that title mix again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're in the mix. Very encouraging words from our buddy here, Brian Ray. Brian, I appreciate you coming on here once again.
1: I've got one word for everybody out there in three, two, one huzzah! <laughs> All right, Rangers. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at show at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media as I'm I know so many of you do on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please do give us a five-star rating on our Facebook page. We would greatly appreciate that. Really enjoy talking to all of our correspondents this episode. DC, New Jersey, and Toronto, well represented by John Fitzpatrick, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, and Brian Ray. It's so nice to have these uh, experts in other MLR markets that we call friends around here, or frenemies, if you will, really enjoy talking to all three of those lads. Next up is going to be Rivals Part Two. You can expect that one after the 13th of December, and then we roll right into some more of the way too early episodes that will include Freejack staff members. And from there, we're in the preseason in early January. So there will be quite a few more episodes here at least two more episodes in the month of December before we get cranked up into the preseason. Really exciting times to be a Free Jack fan, a Ranger, if you will, as the player announcements continue to come in as this team is finalized, the roster being finalized. A lot to be excited about here at the Jacks Rangers show for our Free Jacks in 2023. With that being said, I just want to appreciate everybody out there riding along with us in the offseason here, and I've got a couple words for you, and then I'll trot on off into the sunset here go free jacks saddle up let's ride (laughs) huzzah